0: good evening and welcome to the dollar dogs and beer podcast i'm your host andrew we've got a full crowd in tonight we've got the normal guys jason joe and ron are on and then tonight special guest big freaking baltimore orioles fan from the huddle up podcast big jim hey it's good to have you back buddy
1: dude it's good to be back and I i was here a year ago doing this preview and uh who could have imagined, right? <laughs> I mean,
0: Joe said it was coming two years ago, but uh, I don't think anybody quite expected the meteoric rise all the way to the top, plus a triple-digit win season last year out of Baltimore. Freaking awesome!
1: Yeah, I mean, we will obviously talk about him a little bit later, and and I know, I know, like when I was on here and I made my prediction, I think I was just under ninety wins um, on the prediction, but I was like, man, you you get a couple of series that break you know, breaking your favor that you may not anticipate. Like I, I thought that team had a chance to flirt with the, with the 90, 95, but you know, going a hundred plus really kind of came out of nowhere and, and um, yeah, it was, it was kind of a magical season and I hope they can run it back.
0: Yeah, I really hope they do, too. I said it last year because I was looking at the transcript from the show last year because I forgot to record the uh, win-loss predictions that we all made. And um, one comment I made was, it's just a better playoff experience when you get to see Canada yards full and rocking. And that was so true last year, and I hope we see it again for a long time to come. And we definitely could with all the young talent they have in Baltimore. Yeah, for sure. All right. So, uh, Jim, we'll start with you tonight. What are you drinking tonight, bud?
1: Tonight I got a Voodoo Ranger uh, Fruit Force uh, Fruit Punch IPA. I tried these out. Um, the radio show that I listen to every day, Preston and Steve out of MMR in Philly. They were doing these as like a giveaway. And like, I, I just thought the description sounded good. Grabbed them one day. Um, pretty so- pretty solid. A little sweet. Um, a little hoppy. So, uh, it's a nice little uh, crisp uh, crisp ipa all right
0: all right ron what are you drinking tonight bud
2: i am having a mountain dew baja blast
0: all right <laughs> you know it's the only reason i was happy they put a damn taco bell in wood it's so otherwise i hated the stupid thing <laughs> jason what are you drinking tonight
3: um, well, here's my first uh, hot take. Um, the Baja Blast is garbage. Anyway, so what I'm <laughs> oh. drinking tonight... Um... <laughs> ah, wow, that didn't take long. <laughs> oh, no. I don't know if we can be friends. No, I, I just... I cannot get into Baja Blast. I I, I don't even know what it's about. Like, I'm fine with regular Mountain Dew. I like that. I like the Code Red, the Voltage stuff, all that. But Baja Blast, no. No, Um, but anyway, uh, tonight I am drinking a Blue Trail from Lancaster Brewing Company, which is a lemon blueberry shandy. It is one of my favorites. Um, We had that really nice weather today. We got into the 50s, so it made me start thinking about spring and baseball's on this week, and so popping a uh, a shandy here with the uh, Blue Trail. All right. What do you got, Joe? Joe?
4: Drinking a nice cold Pepsi tonight. Um, you know, the, the Cubs finally made some, some moves that were long expected. And so, hat tip to them for finally doing their job.
0: <laughs> I mean, you're not wrong. You're not, not wrong. wrong. <laughs> and, guys, tonight I am trying a new cider company. I haven't had one from before. Blake Cider Company. They're out of New York, if I remember right. This is the Triple Jam. It's uh, an apple cider with uh, strawberry, blackberry and raspberry as well. pretty good. Not too sweet. Thankfully.
1: Thanks.
0: All right. So, uh, rolling into free agency, Joe, we're going to lead it off with you. Cody Bellinger's coming back three years, 80 million opt-outs after the first and second years of the deal, because it's a Scott Boris client. I know shocker. He's going to make 30 million this year, next year, if he stays and then 20 million in 2026, again, if he stays, um, so, first of all, before we get into the uh, my complaining about Scott Boris, what do you think of the deal, Joe? Are you happy with this?
4: I, I think I'm happy with it. I feel like um, the more and more these kind of deals happen, the more and more I trust Jed Hoyer, even though he drives me crazy, um, with, with the, the length of time it takes for this stuff to get done. Um, but, I mean, look, he's got incentive to play well, and – it solidifies you. It doesn't lock you in at center field because you've got PCA sitting there. Um, You know, it it really puts them in a good position to allow PCA to develop and be ready to play. If, and when Bellinger decides to leave, you know, I think what's really nice about this too, is that obviously, you know, a lot of teams were like, well, we're not going to go seven or eight years on this guy because he had one good year and three years of bad years you know, between the MVP season and the last year, so um, I think you know the Cubs were like, "We'll wait it out till you come down," <laughs> and and I think this is this is a good deal for both of them. Truthfully, um, I, I think it, I think it really works out for both, you know, Bellinger and the Cubs.
0: Yeah, it's not often you have a deal with a Scott Boris client that you can describe as a win-win for the team and for the player. So I, I do agree with you there. I think it's a good deal for both. 30 mil might be a touch on the steep side, but if he produces even three quarters of what he produced last year, it's not a bad deal for 30.
4: I mean, he's one of four guys to have what 30 home runs last year or hit 300 at least. Like, you know, he's, he's in that group with Freddie and Acuna. There's only four of them who, who had that kind of year. So Mm -hmm. you're, you're banking on that. And if it doesn't, you're down 30 million. And I mean, he'll still make out in the end one way or the other.
0: Yeah, that's yeah. true. Go ahead, Jason.
3: E- either either he has some mediocre or worse years, and the Cubs are not on the hook for more than three years, or he has a couple really good years, and he opts out, and then the Cubs don't have to overpay him. Then, so yeah. I, it, it's it, it should work out either way for for both uh, the team and the player.
0: Yeah. Um, and I, to be honest, I am not at all surprised that the market came way back down from what he and Boris were looking at. And I think you're going to find that with all of the big Boris clients that are still out there, that the market is not going to support that. And um, teams, now let's be real, teams are always going to find an excuse to say why we're not spending money. But this year they actually have a semi-legitimate reason um, there's a lot of uncertainty with the local TV broadcast rights right now. And, and with all the, and with the uh, Valley sports network nonsense, it's still ongoing from last year. Cause remember MLB had to take over broadcasting rights for uh, the Diamondbacks and was it the Rockies last year? Anyway, at least two teams, MLB had to take over full control of the broadcasting rights because of the mess with Bally. and Bally still has technically has the rights to almost half of the teams, So, you know, I can understand teams hedging their bets a little bit there because that is a pretty big chunk of revenue for them. I don't like to give the teams and the greedy ass owners any credit, but that is one I do understand them being a little bit hesitant in spending huge amounts of money other than the freaking Los Angeles Dodgers. Um, Because let's be real, they're the only team to exceed 200 million in spending this year, whereas the Mets last year blew through 200 million in like two days. So it's, it's definitely something to keep an eye on and let's be, let's remember the Boris, the three big Boris clients that are still out there last year's NL Cy Young winner, Blake Snell, um, are one of the stars of the world series, Jordan Montgomery, and an all-star third baseman in Matt Chapman. And third base is not a particularly deep position. It's better than catcher, but there are a lot of teams that would definitely be improved with Matt Chapman on their roster. So, um, you know, we'll have to see what's going to fall there. Personally, I am very happy that Atlanta in particular generally does not deal with Scott Boris because they like team options, not player options. Um, you know, I, I feel for the teams that are still looking at these guys as pieces we need instead of pieces that would be nice to have, because that's not the position you want to be in when you were dealing with Scott Boris. So ho- hopefully as spring training games are starting, Hopefully the onus gets back on Boris to say, all right, we need to stop dragging our feet on this and let's get shit going. So these guys can get with their new teams. All right. So we also had Tim Anderson go to the Marlins one year, 5 million. Tim Anderson had an absolutely awful year last year. So it's, you know, very low risk move for the Marlins. Maybe he, You know, If he even does half of what he normally does as opposed to whatever that garbage was last season, this is a great deal for the Marlins, and they need a defensive help in the middle
4: of the infield anyway, so
0: it's a good deal there.
4: Yeah, Um, he had a bunch of personal drama last year that really derailed his entire season.
0: Getting Uh, decked didn't help either.
4: (laughs) Well, yeah, sure, that doesn't help, but uh, (laughs) knowing knowing Chicago sports the way I do, he had a bunch of personal drama off the field that really – in, interfered with his performance
3: yeah that's drama true. in chicago who would have ever imagined <laughs> it doesn't even matter what the sport <laughs> is
4: <laughs> yeah i mean this is the fan base that boos a di- uh a dead wi- you know a dead guy's widow when they're honoring yeah. you know honoring some some legends so you know yeah no shock it's- there
0: This is not like Los Angeles where Kobe Bryant is so beloved that when Vanessa Bryant said, you know, if you don't like this statue of Kobe, he picked it out himself. So tough shit. If you don't like it (laughs) and everybody, (laughs) truly. Oh man. And then the pirates, the pirates were spending some money. They extended Mitch Keller five years, 77 million deal. went after 2028, he's going to get a 2 million raise this season to 7.5, 15 million next year, 16.5 million after that, and then 18 and then 20. And they also announced that he is going to be the opening day starter against the Marlins for the second straight season. Great deal by the pirates time to lock him up. There was no reason to delay on extending him any longer. He is without a doubt the ace of that staff, and they would have been foolish to wait any longer and even let him sniff the possibility of free agency. That's a homegrown kid. You don't want to lose him. Um, it's, him. It's amazing
3: that they actually did that because the Pirates are not known for deals like that and extending their star players. Usually they're content to let them walk or they'll trade them. So uh, maybe say, things yeah. will change in Pittsburgh now, but it's still the same me. owners. So, I was but, about to say Baltimore's
0: got new ownership. Pittsburgh doesn't. That's why they're not doing the old Baltimore get the young guys good and then trade them.
3: Right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: it's just wild in an off season to see, you know, the the Orioles doing what they did, yeah, the Pirates uh, actually spending money. It's it's like what what universe are we in? <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead, Joe.
4: Yeah, I mean, you look at uh, O'Neill Cruz and Cabrian Hayes, I think that certainly gives a lot of people some hope there in um, in Pittsburgh. So maybe that's why. And, and, and Keller earned it. I mean, he pitched phenomenal last year.
0: All righty. And then he had Ahmed Rosario signed a one-year $1. $1.5 with the Rays, more back at Binfield. Again, the, the Rays, and we're going to cover this uh, when we get to them a little later. Um, the Rays are definitely in need of more help in the middle of the infield because they don't know the status of Wander Franco as of yet. Um, and then the Twins and Dodgers decide to do some wheeling and dealing today. The Dodgers traded outfielder Manuel Margot and shortstop prospect Rain Donkin to the Twins. The Dodgers got back shortstop prospect Noah Miller. Um, per Jeff Passens, what he's looking at is basically the Twins are picking up some outfield depth. And the Dodgers are going to get some relief from that 12 million that they are owed to Margot. Cause apparently they didn't know that they could have, they could have just deferred Margot's salary too. Like they have every other person this off <laughs> And then the uh, Dodgers uh, rounded out for the day by uh, signing Kiko, Kike Hernandez. Um, it's not finalized yet uh, for the terms, but it's going to be a one year deal. Um, I, Guys, I'm not sure why the Dodgers still have this love fest with Kike Hernandez. He is not the guy he was in the Boston's last World Series run. He still plays solid defense around the field, but his bat is a shell of what it used to be. Um, I, I, I get that they're trying to save money, but let's be real. They're probably going to sign him to like five to ten and then defer $9.9 million of that.
3: So. Was, was he on the team last year?
0: I think he or- was traded to them at the deadline.
3: OK, because because I was going to say, you know, like for Kike, I'm, I'm thinking, man, the coattails of the Dodgers are along with how many players are just trying to tag on just to try and get a ring uh, without contributing anything. <laughs> like, yeah.
0: yeah, he started the year in Boston, then they traded him to Los Angeles at the trade deadline. OK,
3: yeah, because I'm thinking like Kike is going to be be the person in the uh group project that doesn't do anything and still gets an a
0: remember that he was a dodger from 15 to 20 so it's not like he's not a known quantity out there yeah. to them it, that's i don't think that's nearly as an offensive deal as so oh, i don't know signing an outfielder for one year 20 and deferring 19 of it like they already did just yeah. saying All right, so that was all the major deals I saw go down over the last week, guys. Did I miss anything? I think I grabbed everything out of the group chat. All right, good. Thank God these guys keep me honest in the group chat because I will forget. (laughs) Um, One major injury over the past week, Um, the Mets, who were hoping Kodai Senga was going to anchor their rotation, will not be the ace to start the year for them. He was diagnosed with a moderate posterior capsule strain in his pitching shoulder after that was an MRI diagnosis that was after he reported shoulder fatigue, following some bullpen sessions, they gave him a PRP shot. They're going to shut him down for three weeks and then they're going to see what it looks like. So the Mets, uh, not that we expected the Mets to uh, really make, huge waves this year, but that's definitely going to hurt because Kode Sanga, honestly had a pretty solid rookie campaign. Don't necessarily know that I'd call him ace material, but uh, definitely a number two guy. Um, without him, uh, the depth behind him is kind of shallow, so we'll have to see what the Mets do if they decide to go after. I mean, Blake Snell's still out there, Mets. So I wouldn't mind you throwing a guy out there that walks like a gazillion guys per nine. So Then they can I, trade I him right the,
4: before uh, the deadline. Go ahead, Joe. I I think the Senga injury might be worse than that three weeks. I I was listening to MLB radio tonight. Uh, Steve Phillips was saying that they're going to shut him down for like six weeks and he's not going to be back till late April or early May. Wow. That's
0: That's, you know, remember last year when we were watching Seattle in the West and we said at the end, we said at our wrap up last year, if they hadn't started the season so slow, they might have had a chance to grab that last wild card spot. I I know t- I know teams like to say, "Hey, we can come back when it's ju- you know when it's a slow start," but eh, you're not you're not setting yourself up well if you have to come back from that far. I mean. You know, we we've seen both the Braves and the Phillies do it over the last couple of years. Start slow and then catch fire towards the end. Grab divisions, grab wild cards, but it's not the best way to get there. And uh, it really increases the uh, Prilosec and Tums use of the fan base exponentially as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, also obviously it depends too on on the division. You know, if you're in the if you're in the AL Central, you know, you you can have a slow start, and probably recover. Yeah. But you know, NLEs, East, ALEs. East, you know, you're, good God. Either of the Easts, if you if you get behind the eight ball, you're you're pretty much you're you're gonna basically be in a position to not. You're, you're like, well, the, if if you're behind, you know, x number of games, even by by mid May, you're gonna be going, uh, all right, it's wild card or bust at this point because you're just you're yeah. just not gonna catch the team at the top.
0: Yeah. I mean, look, look at where Atlanta and Philadelphia was at the all-star break last year. There was nobody who had a realistic shot of catching the two of them for first and second.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, and even look at, you talk about how teams progress, look at, look at the Rays last year. If the Rays didn't start as insanely hot as they did, they're probably fourth or fifth in that division because Come All Star Break, they were putrid afterwards.
0: Yeah, they got wrecked with injuries after the All Star Break and limped to the playoffs to yet another unsurprising quick exit. Yeah. Um. So, one thing to remember here with Sangai, he's going to need to ramp up after they clear him to throw. So it's you know, no matter how long they shut him down, whether it's three to six, three weeks, six weeks, he's going to need at least two to three weeks after that before you're even going to see him in a major league uniform. So guys, honestly, mid-May, early June is probably what Mets fans have to be hoping for at this point and hope it's not farther out than that. Yeah. All right. And then Jen Powell, after eight years in the minors, she has moved up to major league spring training as an umpire in the Grapefruit League. She was starting at third base in the opener between the Astros and the Nationals. It's the first time since 2007 that we've had a woman umpiring a major league spring training game that was previously done by Rhea Cortezio. After the game, she said, quote, I greatly appreciate everyone's enthusiasm, everyone's welcoming attitude on the field. Tonight was very, very special. Both managers shared congratulations. Everyone was welcoming, enthusiastic. The players in the field, so many said congrats and great to see you up here. A gentleman, Javier uh, Baracamonte, the Astros' bullpen coach, he ran out early in the game and said he has a daughter playing all kinds of sports. It's good to see you out here. Um, Her first time behind the plate was yesterday during the Nationals-Marlins game, played in Jupiter. I heard nothing bad about that game. So anytime you don't hear anything about the umpires, it's a good day. Um, Angel Hernandez, please take note. <laughs> <laughs> and this move, guys, MLB, we, we've noted for years, MLB has been very slow to break really any kind of barrier, whether it was the color barrier, any of the racial barriers, the gender barrier. Uh, NBA broke that, broke the official gender barrier 27 years ago. The NFL, nine years ago. And even the Men's Soccer World Cup two years ago, and that was in Qatar, which is not exactly known for women's rights.
1: Not exactly.
0: <laughs> so, uh, MLB, let's uh, get her moving on up, because I got to tell you, based on the limited data we have so far, she should already replace Angel Hernandez or Laz Diaz. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Honestly. Stevie C- <C-B>
2: Buckner. <laughs> yeah. Let's start with Angel first.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that should be priority number one for Major League Baseball. Uh, no, man, this this is awesome. Like, it, it, it's any time that there is more, um, more equality uh, across the board in in sports, whether it's uh, on the field, officiating in the broadcast booth, uh, and anything like that is is a is a is a positive sign. I know this past Saturday when I was at the Hershey Bears game, it was the first time I I noted them. Uh, when they were going over the the, uh, the officials in the pregame, they noted they noted uh, linespersons as opposed to linesmen, um, because I know there's a, there's a, at least a few um, female officials in the in the AHL. So yeah, across the board, the, the more the better. Um, and yeah, any time that you can go through a game, whether it's spring training or not, and and the officials aren't the conversation coming out of it, you're already doing your job better than some. Absolutely.
0: I mean, as, don't get me wrong. Watching Schwarber blow up on Angel Hernandez, that was great. That was high-quality entertainment, and I am here for it.
3: Every but time. Time, he, he did it for both teams, it, too.
0: Yes it. yes, it was great. But at the same time, players shouldn't have to do that. Do your damn job. Stay out right. of the limelight. And, uh, yeah, it'd be great.
2: <laughs> what about Harper doing it? That was great, too.
0: I forgot about Harper's blowout. right. Harper's had more than a few blow up with officials over the years.
3: <laughs> I, I do, th- I do think Schwarber's was my favorite though, because he just slammed the bat down, and he just turns, and he's pointing like, "You're missing up here, you're missing down here," and it's both teams like he pulling into was- both dugouts, and like when when uh, teams
1: in both dugouts are like are banging the you know banging and, and clapping, uh, you you should know right there you suck. Like.
0: <laughs> if I remember right, too, did not players from both teams donate money to cover Schwarber's fine? I, I believe, probably, that are, yeah. <laughs> that should say something, right there. And wasn't that a, wasn't that like Phillies Nat? So it was an interdivision rivalry game or something.
3: I thought it was. It may have been the Padres.
0: Uh, yeah, it might have been the Padres. I can't remember. Anyway, it,
3: it was. It was, a, it was a Sunday night game too. So it was. Just like national TV, perfect opportunity. And giving Angel Hernandez a primetime game is a choice too. So,
0: well, that they wouldn't have known about that ahead of time.
3: Oh, it's the Brewers, according to Pat.
0: Uh, Pat, yeah.
1: Yeah, I was just looking that up.
0: Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> right. Ernie, yeah. <laughs> Ernie just said Hernandez sucks. The two most said in any major sport. Yeah you're not wrong bud yeah (laughs) all right so uh one rule change that mlb kind of quietly snuck through and didn't really announce it much in the off season they decided to cut two seconds off the pitch clock with runners on base decreasing the time from 20 seconds to 18 seconds the clock with no runners on will stay at 15 seconds Um, the MLBPA predictably was not pleased with the change saying it's too much too soon Um, their head Tony Clark said quote that's a conversation that should have warranted a much longer dialogue than what we had we voiced those concerns players voiced those concerns and yet push through of the change to the pitch clock still happened we just had the biggest adjustment this league has ever seen in regards to length of game and how the game was affected by including a clock Rather than give us another year to adjust and adapt to it, why are we adjusting again, and what are the ramifications going to be? Now, his main concern, um, decreasing that recovery time for pitchers, um, particularly, you know, you have these relievers coming in, cranking out max effort, high velo pitches, you know, and a lot of those guys come in with runners on base, so they would be directly affected by that. He said, quote, when fatigue happens, you're more susceptible to injury. We're seeing a lot of injuries, and we're seeing them in a way that simply can't Simply can't remove the question of whether or not shortening shortening recovery, excuse me, shortening recovery time is in anyone's best interest. Um, it, not to take sides, but I, I'm completely with Clark on this. one. there is no need to cut back the pitch clock even further, I th- I thought it was jarring how quickly games went last year. The fact that I could I could start a Braves on the West Coast game and finish it before I went to bed when I was getting up at. 4 35 o'clock in the morning to go mow grass on a golf course and not feel tired the next day having watched a West Coast game. That was jarring in and of itself. Um, I, I don't think we need to cut back the time by two seconds, I think that's nuts.
3: And you saw pitchers have trouble adjusting right away, and yeah, it got better as the year went on, but there's some pitchers, um, I mean, depends on if your team has uh. Craig Kimbrel, uh, who I'm right here, jackass. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. Because uh, I mean, I mean, from from experience, Jim, uh, last year, the amount of times that JT Real Muto had to call timeout just to avoid a pitch clock violation for Kimbrel was astounding. Uh, because he, he he decides he he's going to be an airplane trying to take off, and it takes him forever to to go
1: i think there's Um, a shorter runway at bwi than than philly international so i think
3: (laughs) well well yeah it's it's two
1: seconds shorter now yeah don't i mean you can fact check me on that if you want but i think the runway is shorter in baltimore
0: (laughs) (laughs) and and pats and cabbage brings up another great point here not to mention the clock now starts when the pitcher gets the ball no matter where he is
3: yeah Yeah. it's not
0: like when you get to the rubber it's right away that clock immediately starts running
3: it it should be when he gets to the rubber or to the top of the mound something like you can't be like okay he he's getting the ball in the uh, in the grass let's start the countdown no that I I agree that that one's also dumb
1: well I I don't necessarily you know because I was probably more pro uh, pitch clock than a lot of people were um and and yeah I mean going to games it was it was especially live um was like a big adjustment yeah you, you had to you had to plan your beer runs a little bit differently but um but i i don't i don't necessarily get the logic of like one year and changing it right away and changing it at the right. highest level like like isn't this right. what leagues like the atlantic league are for or even some of yes. your minor leagues like test it out at that level and see how that does and then bring it up um exactly to the major yeah. leagues I don't I don't like just like this strong arm whoop, let's slide this rule change in here real quick on the back end like that that just seems a little problematic to me and where some of the issues could be
0: and comment from Ernie Justice make a change to let it play for a few years so the pitchers can adapt it's their right. careers in the line we don't want unnecessary injuries Ernie absolutely, 100% yeah my, my
2: my thing in with that is okay you're gonna make the game shorter again in a sense but, you know, ticket prices going to keep going up.
0: Concessions yeah. keep going up. Mm-hmm. You have less time to buy and consume beer because the cutoff gets there that much quicker. Mm-hmm. I got to uh, tell well, you, we, we, we know
3: MLB and uh, MLB and the owners are all about getting that money, uh, regardless of what it does to the game. So, like, I, I agree with Jim. Like, I didn't mind the changes last year. Have Like, seeing the games in person, I didn't Feel like that they were any quicker Um, just because I I was still more involved, like just really paying attention to the action and things like that. So I didn't feel it as much. Um, But I I think from a player standpoint, they absolutely do feel that.
0: Yeah. yeah, The biggest thing I noticed was that they actually sped things along in between innings. You didn't have the break in between innings drag out longer and longer like it does sometimes. Um, that was the biggest place I noticed it going to games, especially when Ron and I went to the Braves-Phillies game in September.
2: Well, that was like a three and a half hour game still.
0: Well, that was three and a half hours because because both teams decided to play offense and there wasn't a ton of pitching to account for it. That's the only way you still see a long game anymore is if it's a massively high scoring game, which thank God we had a lot of offense in that one. It's nice watching Acuna hit a home run. All right, guys, any other thoughts on the uh, changes to the pitch clock? All right, let's move it on. And now we're going to deal with uh, wardrobe malfunctions that are not really malfunctions because nothing came off like it typically happens when you see these um the the sad thing is we might need to censor baseball players instead of just the streakers running across center field
1: did you see there was a there was a gif the other day it was uh like what mlb broadcasts are going to look like this year and it was just the big like sensor bar like <laughs> over every player's crush
3: yeah it was the uh it was the harper home run in the nlcs in 2022 i saw yeah. and just like the players jumping up and down celebrating Harper yeah, and bars. just see the bar swaying. <laughs> and yeah, I, I definitely sent that to, uh, to our uh, podcast chat. Cause I was like, yeah, this is good. This is, this is classic. Yeah.
1: It's- and I mean, here's the, like, look, I'm going to make a funny joke on purpose. Like women already <laughs> love men in baseball pants. Like you didn't have to make them see through, right? Like this has been like, we've known this. They love men in baseball pants. You didn't actually, they were like the theater of the mind was like, you didn't have to do what you're doing. You're taking away all the guesswork now. Exactly.
0: (laughs) It's it's not like there wasn't already a huge crowd of people in left field just to watch Derek Jeter squat down in the infield. Right? (laughs)
2: First thing my wife said was, I'm going to more games.
3: Well, that's well, that's like when when we would go to barnstormer games uh, frequently. When when Karen's favorite player Blake Galen was there, she goes, "I want to sit on this side so that I can watch Blake's butt." I'm like, "All right, like <laughs> cool. you, you don't
1: need to make the pants more see through now. Oh, like it, it's not a wet t-shirt contest. Like I mean, our our female fan base may disagree with what we're saying right now.
3: Very very true.
1: <laughs> I mean, maybe I can, I can
3: hear I can hear our wives currently just being like. No, they need to make them thinner. Yeah. Like, just <laughs> don't wear any. Those
1: those rain games are going to get really interesting, though. <laughs> diving There's on the, the,
3: diving on the outfield grass for a ball or something. Oof. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the, uh, the Wooded Dong uh, Twitter handle might have to,
4: to uh, clarify. <laughs> 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 Oof.
1: Just every Updates. day, yes, yes.
0: <laughs> so what Tony Clark said is, uh, it's disappointing that we've landed in a place where the uniforms are the topic of discussion. Although personally, it's kind of funny. Each conversation with the guys is yielding more information with what we're seeing. So, you know, just uh, overall, players have admitted the new performance jerseys. They do feel lighter, but they don't like the look. Um, because of the lighter fabric, it's a, quote, challenge to have the bigger numbers and letters in the jersey. So all the complaints at the backs look absolutely amateurish, which I completely agree with. Um, they changed the white. They made it more of an eggshell. So not only does it make the colors on the tops just look wrong because it's a different sh- background shade than you're used to, it's made the pants rather see-through, which at first we thought it was just the lights from picture day because – that always makes things look different. Now we've seen it on the field. It's not just the lights from picture day. Um, The fit's been called into question. Some players are worried about the supply chain problems to the point that one player actually told Tony Clark, he might go to Dick's sporting goods to make sure he has enough spare pants. This is major league fucking baseball. Why should major league players be talking about going to dicks, which we already see plenty with the new
1: pants? I'm gonna <laughs> say pants. They write themselves.
3: <laughs> the the new pants are basically just those like extra thin uh his uh his preference, you know.
0: <laughs> <sighs> oh. MLB spokesperson said in a statement, adjustments are being made to the jersey size waist inseam thigh fit in the bottom of the pants based on player requests to reps from fanatic Nike and MLB who have been visiting uh, training camps and conducting uniform fitting and feedback sessions. Yeah. Okay. Uh, regarding supplies, to the uniforms, the uh, league spokesperson said the league is in close contact with their clubs and uniform partners to ensure that everybody has what they need for opening day. Didn't they say that about the Phillies last year? And didn't the Phillies run into supply chain issues with Uh, Was the was the light blues? It
3: it was it was the it was either the powder yeah it was the powder blues I think they didn't have them for the first first Thursday night game or the first two Thursday nights game. Um,
0: pardon me if I believe that if I'm going to believe MLB about the supply chain issues being resolved.
3: Well, I I mean, with how thin they are, fanatics should just be like, if they're running low, just head over to Trojan and and have them supply it, like.
0: You know, you know, there are several teams that don't have a uniform sponsor yet. Trojan is available.
3: There
1: you go.
0: <laughs> there you go, Jason. The uh, Trojan, the uniform sponsor of the Philadelphia Phillies. Nah. What's, thinner? What's thinner, the jerseys or the condoms? <laughs> <laughs> Nike said in a statement, quote, We always put the athlete at the center of everything we do. We work closely with MLB players, teams, and the league to create the most advanced uniforms in the history of baseball, which are both lighter and more flexible. The quality and performance of our product is of the utmost importance. uh, No, not not (laughs) buying Bullshit. We'll continue to work with MLB, the players, and our manufacturing partner, Fanatics, to address player uniforms. No, I'm not buying it. I am not buying it.
1: No, nah, man. It's like, it's, I love all like the threads that are coming out of like the last year and this year comparisons. And like, it's just, it's bad. It's so sad. And it also makes me so afraid because next year is year one of a 10 year agreement with the NHL and Fanatics for their all nice uniform. Oh. I'm just like, Jesus. Good right, luck. What the hell is going to happen? Stock up <laughs> like, on what jerseys be now. To next year? Like, what, the, like, what are we doing next year? What are we doing? i,
0: I, I got to tell you this. I'm a part of a Facebook group that makes uh, very, very good quality knockoffs, and I will be exclusively purchasing jerseys through them at, one, a much cheaper price than the
3: MLB uh, jerseys are to
1: start, start be with. A friend. Share that link. I'll, I'll send I'll, it I'll, you I'll, really. I was going to say,
3: I need this link as well then. I'll,
0: and number two um, – I'm hoping that they will still be able to do it under the old templates because the, I, I hate the looks of like the narrow placket, the fact that they've got all the chest things off so that it's cut right through
1: letters. Like, what it's, the it's hell? Bad, man? It's embarrassing. <laughs>
0: and then pats and cabbage notes again did you see where a player posted his jersey and fanatics commented on sorry for your poor jersey please contact us for a replacement that's yes,
1: you, the, you the see the mariners yeah it's, it's oh. like the number number
3: 10 i think it was you see the one here and the zero said being here was like this
1: and like the, the like this the spacing and like of the uh of the name like like it should go in a little bit of an arc. Like the one letter was here. The next one's like up here. I'm like, this is this you know, is a joke.
0: You know, on one hand, on one hand, I can understand, you know, on the consumer side, some of us may be getting a bad Jersey every now and then your quality assurance should be good enough that that doesn't happen to the guys playing major league baseball. For God's sake, that should never have made it that far good god
1: yeah it's 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 embarrassing man and and it it's like it just it it doesn't it didn't have to be this way and it, but it's just it it's just another uh it's just another like cheap sellout corporate greed situation where it's just you know it's like lowest common denominator and it's 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 so dumb
2: but remember they take awful. player feedback
1: yeah, I'm sure they do. They do it like you know, like here, I got your feedback. And oh no, it fell in the incinerator.
0: <laughs> gonna yeah. It's gonna go right yeah. in, a, it's go right <laughs> in yeah. circular, the circular trash
1: can. Like, can you give me that feedback again? Oh shit. And it's so weird. <laughs> it was uh
3: it was Chavis or Chavis from it was Michael Chavis from the from the Mariners. You ready for this? Fire away. Oh, oh my god. god.
1: That's, that's terrible. Like that's what you would expect to get from one of those knockoffs, like yeah, knockoff that's sites. DH Gate right there. That's DH Gate. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. <laughs> like that's like a flea like, you go to a flea market and that's the jersey you buy, and you're okay with it because you spend like 12 bucks. That's yeah, a green, green dragon, dragon drag. jersey right there. Yeah.
0: Now, that said, just to make things even more wild and crazy, I'm really hoping that the Rangers at some point bring pitching prospect Logan Bursick Harrington up to the majors just because I want to see how the hell they're going to fit that name onto the back. (laughs) If he makes it, his surname, 17 letters plus a hyphen, would set the longest compound name in baseball history. That record's currently held by Twins pitcher Simeon Woods Richardson which is 15 letters plus a space. And again, the longest non-compounded name is still Jared Saltalamacchia with 14. Here's the salt. Here,
3: here, here's, the, here's the full picture. And the fanatic support replied to this player's tweet. Hey there, it looks like we dropped the ball on this one. Send me a DM so I can learn more about this. <laughs> and here's the full picture of the jersey. Oh
1: God, that's awful. Even where they where they move the MLB logo like down off the yoke, yeah. But yeah, if that guy gets caught if that guy gets called on plays like his name's gonna look like fine print on a on like a legal contract. <laughs> like it, like they'll have to make the lettering so damn small.
0: Or literally make it a complete
1: circle. That's probably enough letters you can make a complete I'd say, circle. I'll say you've seen the Verlander one, right? That's like a like a half moon. over, yeah. the, over the number. It's like, what are we doing here?
0: Yeah, it's just garbage. Oh, man, I did find out, though, as the uh, show's only part owner of the Braves, the uh, piping around the belt tunnels, at least, is here to stay. Literally just did it so Jason could shake his head and roll his eyes. (laughs) All right, guys, do we have anything else to uh, carp and complain about before we roll into the AL East?
1: (laughs) I mean, the the
4: only joke I wanted to make about the uniforms is Nike says they care about the quality and performance. Have they seen the Oregon Ducks late in the season? Thank you. Oh, Thank you.
0: (laughs) (laughs) There's a nice shot out of left field. (laughs) Well played, Joe. (sighs) That was beautiful. All right, let's roll into it. Jason, take us away with the Red Sox.
3: Yeah, so let's see here. So with these uh, Boston Red Sox last year, uh, they ended up last in the division. Uh, with a record of 70 and 92. Uh, last year, our predictions, uh, Andrew, you ended up being the closest. You had 69 wins. Nice. Uh, Jim then had 78. I had 72, and Joe had 74. Uh, from 2021 to 2022, they dropped 14 wins and they uh, did the same. Last year, they with uh, no no change in wins. There, um, their depth chart. You're looking at the infield. Uh, you'll have uh, Connor Wong as the primary catcher, Tristan Casas uh, at first base, Vaughn Grissom in second, uh, Rafi Devers at third, Trevor Story shortstop, and you have some utility players in Pablo Reyes and Bobby Dalbeck. Your outfield, you have Jaren Duran, Sedan uh, Rafaela, and Willier Abreu. Uh, with uh, Masataka Yoshida as the D.H. Um, so overall, a decent uh, lineup there, a decent depth chart. Um, and then your pitchers, uh, Brian Bello, Lucas Giolito, Nick Paveda, Cutter Crawford, Garrett Whitlock, and Tanner Houck. Uh, in the pen, you have uh, Kenley Jansen closing, as well as Chris Martin, not the Coldplay singer. Uh Brennan Bernardino, uh, Cooper Criswell, and others. Uh, Liam Hendricks is on the injured list until at least July or August. Uh, So that's going to be a rough go there. Uh, Some new new acquisitions, uh, Luis Cabrera, Cooper Criswell, Lucas Giolito, uh, Liam Hendricks. Uh, They did make some trades. Nothing really worth noting other than outfielder Tyler O'Neill. From the Cardinals and Von Grissom from Atlanta, um, a couple other small changes there. Their losses; they did lose uh, a few people here. Um, of note, Adam Duval. Adam Duval, excuse me, Corey Kluber who retired. Uh, Joey Rodriguez, Justin Turner, Logan Gillespie, Uh, Luis Arias, who was traded to Seattle, Alex Verdugo traded to the Yankees, Um, Chris Sale traded to Atlanta. So overall, a little bit of a rotating door there this offseason for the Red Sox. So I open it up to the floor here. Um, What are we thinking as far as division prediction for the Boston Red Sox and the number of wins?
0: Go ahead, Jim. You can
1: go first. Um, yeah, I, I don't... I mean, I don't see anything that, that, that jumps off the page of me as, as, like, really turn-aroundable. Turn yeah, I made a word. Um, <laughs> you no. Know, and and I, I, think the, I think the thing is, for, for Boston, it's, it's not even necessarily what they are or what they aren't. It's what the rest of the division is. And as we go through it, I, I just... I don't see them making up a ton of ground, um, from where they were a year ago. Um, you know, maybe it's, it's, it's a couple players here or there. Um, you know, you get a, maybe a a series win that you would have had a series loss last year. Um, so, so honestly, I think I'm going to live right there in the, in that same 78 win territory that I had from, from last year. is is you maybe, you maybe add a couple of wins, but with, with with the rest of the, like the division around you, um, Getting stronger and, and developing, I I just I just don't see Boston like grabbing a hold of anything and moving up anywhere. All right, seventy eight for Jim. What do you got, Ron?
2: I'd I'd say seventy three wins, taking fifth place in the East. I just don't see them really going anywhere. The East is a tough division.
0: Yeah, the East, without a doubt, the East is going to be a bloodbath. I don't think anybody's going to argue that. All right. So look, looking at the team, I, I like some of what they did. I, I think, um, I, I think Vaughn Grissom is going to do very well in Boston, right-handed bat with the uh, green monster over there with good pop. He's going to have a blast hitting in that park. No doubt. His defense, uh, you know, that's Boston doesn't need to talk about that. Cause that's one of the reasons we got rid of him because he sucks at defense and he's blocked everywhere. Um, with Trevor Story healthy this year, Rafa Devers is still going to be, at, at, at the very least, he's probably going to be a f- top five, top ten third baseman in fantasy. Um, he, he's always pretty reliable for that. Uh, Masataki Yoshida moving to DH, getting out of the outfield, that's a great move. We were, you know, one thing we brought up last year on the show is his defense was never known as being spectacular, and it showed how quickly the Red Sox moved him out of the outfield and into the DH last year. Here's the problem. Even getting Lucas Giolito, that starting rotation doesn't scare me in the slightest. I mean, when you got Nick Pavetta as a middle guy, and granted, Pavetta pitched well last year. You know, add him to the list of former Phillies players who do better when they leave. He did well last year. Uh, but besides him, Giolito, uh, even Brian Bello doesn't really scare me much. I, I don't think they've got the pitching to be able to back up the potential of what these bats can do. I'm going to drop them down by two wins. I'm going to say 76 wins and, um, Kenley Jansen is going to be gone by the trade deadline. What do you think, Joe?
4: Um, yeah, I I think you, you guys are all hitting the nail on the head. They're, they're, they're more than one piece away from, from really being potentially any good, um, in the division. I think they're, they're missing a ton of offense. They're missing some defense. Um, To me, um, I I feel like Jansen's gonna gonna keep you a few games. Chris Martin's a great relief pitcher, Um, you know, and and having Giolito's good for a couple of wins. So I'm gonna go 81. Uh, They're gonna go 500 even and be fifth place.
3: Okay, Jason. Um, This team has potential. I was actually going back and forth as to whether or not I would have them be my dark horse to somehow come out of and magically win the division, but I just can't do it because of how strong the rest of the division is. Uh, So they're going to be in fifth place again this year. Uh, The rest of the teams in that division are just too good. They've made good moves. They've made better moves than the Red Sox. Um, I think they're going to be around the same total, but I'm going to give because of the moves they've made, I'm going to give them a, a few extra wins here. Uh, I'm going to go 74 wins. 74.
1: And if it wasn't clear, I also have them fifth. I already marked you. <laughs> I, 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 I I, I, not how anybody to thinks any other team in the East is going to go under 78. I just wanted to that, yeah. to, be, uh, that to be
0: clear. So you're actually taking wins, Jason. They were at uh, 78 last year. So you're taking away four to 74?
3: The Red Sox? Yes. Yeah, their their
4: official record was 78
3: and 84. Oh, so I hit that
4: thing right on last year. You did.
1: Goddamn well, right then, I well, did.
3: Well then the the sheet that the sheet that we got from uh somebody uh I told coach, you I
0: sent the updated sheet where I fixed the Red Sox hilariously inverted record.
3: Um you still have it as 70 and 92.
0: You, you do. Yeah, whatever. Sweet.
3: All so right, 78 and 84. so i'm gonna i'm still gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna gonna still well then i'm gonna drop them a little bit i'm I'm gonna make them 74 wins just because I, i don't think they're gonna be that close to 500 and i think the rest of the division is just so good so i'll still stick at 74
0: 74 okay all right ron what do you got for the yankees got on mute buddy
2: damn headset uh, last year, the Yankees finished fourth in the AL East. They went 82 and 80. Uh, the predictions from last year, Andrew predicted 100 to 101 wins, first place, LOL. Ah, That wasn't going to happen.
0: That was a terrible prediction in high <laughs> Yeah,
1: state. it was. But the, all of ours were pretty bad. Yeah. We, yeah. we weren't yeah. close. Yeah.
2: The, the, I'll put this out there now. The closest person was Joe at 94 wins. Yeah. <laughs> Jim, so in awesome, the, Jim in there at 95 and then jason with 96
0: to 97 yeah we we blew this one
3: pretty yeah, bad that... two
0: two
3: two okay. of two of the five of us had them making the playoffs I will, that,
1: I'll gladly that... be wrong if I'm over predicting the Yankees though <laughs> <laughs> right
3: right yeah yeah A- Andrew and Jim were the ones that that had them in the playoffs so
2: yeah.
0: Um, I think it was implied that you had them in the playoffs in the mid nineties with win total dude. I mean,
1: you would, you would hope, right?
2: Uh, I mean, at least a wild card spot. Anyway, yeah, I mean,
1: nobody in the yeah. central is competing with that. So yeah,
0: I, I, I'm, I'd have to check the transcript again, but I'm pretty sure yeah. you both had them slated for a wild card spot. So. It's,
3: it's, it's certainly possible that last year we were thinking, uh, the, uh, the ace was going to have like two or all three wild cards. (laughs) Uh, We absolutely did. Uh, So
1: we
0: we were debating was, you know, between Baltimore, New York and Toronto and Tampa, which of the four teams was going to get in. We, We weren't even counting on the West to sneak a second team in last year, even though we said it was definitely possible that they might get two instead of, you know, so anyway, go ahead, Ron.
2: Uh, so they uh, added seven wins from twenty-one to twenty-two, and they lost seventeen wins from twenty-two to twenty-three. Um, nobody's
3: crying about that. Hurts. Nobody
2: <laughs> is. I mean, it's it's the Yankees. Like their destiny's over almost.
0: <laughs> the, their last World Series win was still what the Phillies, right? It, it's been that long, hasn't it? Yeah. Thanks.
3: Yeah. Ooh, it's so I mean, great to see
0: it go over a decade. I love it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It, it was uh, 2009. Oh, could we make it two decades? We're getting closer and closer. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like we need, uh, uh, I know Jim has this uh, feature at some somewhere like, oh, I suppose something, but that uh, price is right, uh, losing the yeah. uh, games <laughs> no- notification <laughs> for, for the Yankees. Wow. <laughs>
0: Maybe I should get a soundboard. Anyway, Ron, I'll stop interrupting oh, you. Go <laughs> ahead, bud. Uh,
2: so your infields looking like uh, Jose. I'm going to botch the shit out of this. Turver- <laughs> Trevano? Trevino. Trevino? Trevino. Um, For catcher, first baseman, Anthony Rizzo, second base. Uh, Torres. I'm not even going to botch the first <laughs> name.
0: Glaver. <Glaber>, Torres. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> Third base is DJ lemehu Uh shortstop. You're looking at Anthony Volpe. Got a couple utilities, Oswald Per Peruso. peraza, peraza. And uh Kerbera. Probably botched the shit out of that too.
0: <laughs> it's all right. So you, you got a
2: good infield, middle infield there with Volpe and Torres. Your outfield's looking like Alex Fru-
3: Verdugo. Yes. And, and just like, yeah, it ain't so easy, is it?
0: <laughs> Everybody <laughs> likes to laugh at me butchering up names. Year, but I'm not the only one who does it.
1: Uh, sorry, I'll put your names on the Orioles. I guarantee it. No, don't even worry about
2: uh, it. You're looking at Aaron Judge and Juan Soto. Also, uh, then DH, you're looking at Stanton. So, I mean, you got you got decent offense there. You got a lot of bats that can put the ball in play, that's for yep. sure, if they can that, stay healthy.
0: That outfield, if it stays healthy, that's a damn good outfield. One of the best in the game. Yeah. S- S-
2: Soto's trying to get hurt already, though.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, hey, he's already got his, what, $30 million for the year, so why not?
2: Oh, fuck it. Uh, So your uh, rotations looking like Garrett Cole, Carlos Rodon, uh, Nestor Cortez, Marcus Stroman, Clark Schmidt. Mm -hmm. Is that what it? Yeah. Yes. Your bullpen's looking like Clay Holmes, Jonathan.
0: I think it's Lozaga. (laughs)
2: Lozaga should say Lasagna. (laughs) <laughs> a lot easier. <laughs> uh, Tommy Kuhn.
0: Uh, don't worry about the rest of the bullpen. It's nobody okay. spectacular, of note. I'll, I'll give you a break there, Ronnie. <laughs> Thanks. So,
2: <laughs> uh, they only re-signed one player, Trevano. Uh, brought in a couple new newcomers. Uh, shortstop. Jeter Downs. I just think that's funny. It, you know, getting rid of one Jeter how many years ago? And now they're bringing in a guy with Jeter in
3: his name. Sounds like a horse racing area, the Jeter <laughs> Downs,
0: right? right? <laughs> Three to one odds and Jeter Downs taking at least at least full position. Well, with those
3: see-through pants, how many lengths?
1: <laughs> all the lengths, all of them.
2: Ah. One one big new ac- accusation. Well, two <laughs> new people acquired. I'd say would be Alex Verdugo from the Boston Red Sox and Juan Soto coming over from San Diego. Those are the two main ones I would actually look at because you know both really good solid outfielders and they both can hit the ball pretty well.
0: Yeah, to say the least. Um, yeah, I, a lot of depth moves overall for the Yankees. Um, I was shocked by the Verdugo trade because you'd think Boston would have learned with the Babe Ruth trade to stop trading with the damn Yankees, but no, Boston did not learn their lesson with that trade. Um, because all Boston got back was, let me see here. That was, uh, three right-handed pitching prospects, Greg Weisert, Richard Fitz, Nicholas Ju- Judas. Yeah, that's uh, once again. I think the Yankees. Nice, uh-huh. thank you, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Uh-huh. <laughs> All right, I'll I'll open up the floor on predictions. I'll go first this time with the Yankees. Um, I love the offense. I do. Um, Giancarlo Stanton. We'll see if he can stay healthy and actually contribute. But if they can keep that core outfield intact, plus uh, Rizzo, Lemayhew, and Volpe, that's a pretty damn decent uh set of bats the pitching is good Garrett Cole Jason finally got his AL Cy Young prediction right for the first time in three seasons on dollar dogs and beer so uh Jason that good for you he's probably going to be my pitching keeper so if he does it again this year I won't be upset in fantasy baseball in the slightest um the rest of the pitching staff after after Cole is questionable, to say the least. Rodon, if he he was not healthy at all last year. No. Stroman was not healthy in the second half. Nestor Cortez was a mess in the second half. So we'll have to see what's going to happen there. Um, the Yankees last year with that 82-80 and 80 record, which let, let's be real, we were all wondering if the Yankees would even get to 500, let alone two games over 500. Um, with as good as the top of this division is, I think they have enough offense that they're going to be able to steal some games they shouldn't get. So I'm going to give them a very, very slight improvement. I'm going to go up to 84, but I'm going to keep them in fourth place and no playoffs for the Yankees. That's my prediction. What do you got, Joe?
4: Yeah. I mean, look, the, all the the moves they made from a a player standpoint are great. Their biggest remaining need is a competent manager. So, (laughs) There I mean, not. to me, they are going to get – I'm going to go 87 wins, actually, um, in spite of their manager, um, and I will save the division part
3: for the next team.
0: 87 wins. That's a bold call, Cotton. What do you got, Jason?
3: Um, I'm very close said, as similar to what Joe was thinking here. Um, now, I know a team can look good on paper and then just not perform – um we've seen with our teams in the past you know we've seen with even the yankees last year look at those predictions um based off of this i'm gonna say 88 wins and i'm gonna move them up to third in the division and and i'm gonna tell you something they are my dark horse for winning the division this year you uh, i uh, i i hate it i hate it i, I absolutely hate it jim but but I think that this team is good enough to make a push for the division title. Um, I'm not going to take them mouth. there. Well, what was that one?
1: Shut you, it, was, it was The Rock telling you to shut your mouth. Shut <laughs> <Nice>. your mouth. <laughs> nice. Um, but but no, like I, I'm going to take them
3: in third, and they would be my dark horse that if there's a different team other than the Orioles to make a run <laughs> – it would be the. I think it would be the Yankees. All right. Oh, I hate it. I I hate it. Like I uh, uh. makes me want to puke. Yeah. Right.
1: <laughs> what do you got, Jim? Um. I well, not the whole division winner thing because I'm not a sadist or a psychopath. Um, but, <laughs> but I think I think in terms of the number of wins, I think I think Jason's kind of on the right path. I think we oversold this team. Uh, a year ago, in hindsight, obviously it's it's much easier to look back and go, <laughs> "Sucks to be you, New York." Um, but I, I think the biggest question is going to be health of some of the players that, that didn't hold up, like kind of a year ago. But also, and th- this happens not just in baseball; it happens in other sports. Ironically enough, it's happened in the city of New York. A lot of times, yeah, Matt. Thank you. Um, <laughs> so, like, Matt also,
0: Jason has been removed from the chat.
1: Like, I, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of times when, like, when you, when you try to go out and buy a championship, there is, there is such a small window of, of obviously small window of opportunity. But there's so many times where, um, I remember uh, one of the NHL, um, like studio analysts said at one time. With the New York Rangers, like when they added Yager and they added all of these pieces, and they said it wasn't a team bust that went to the game; it was twenty-two limos. And like, I think you're 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 entering, you're really kind of in that territory with this Yankees team of like, yeah, this this team on paper is is pretty much unreal. And there's kind of when you look at it, it's it's like this team probably should be the favorite to win the division. But when you look over the last couple of years, hell, again, we're talking almost you know the you know decade. Um, since, since they, they won a world series, like buying a a championship isn't necessarily the, 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 play here. And, you know, I think they will improve. I think they get, I'm going to, I'm going to put the the official number at 88. Um, I think they move up to third, but, but I, I don't think it's going to be enough. There's going to be depth issues. Um, and, and I think you're just going to have some of those times where, look, those uh what was it the 20 like 15 2016 Orioles when uh you know th- that team could hit the ball like I have not seen an Orioles team hit the ball uh in, in a very long time but when it when it came down to the games that really mattered they couldn't pitch themselves out of a wet paper bag and 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 you're gonna have those concerns with this Yankees team and I just don't think they're going to be good enough in the games that matter most to to make the playoffs and to get up into second place
0: Jim, I think the last time you saw an Orioles team that could hit that well before that team would have been like Cal Ripken, Brady Anderson. Like yeah, the, uh, the Brady
1: Anderson chicken and rice season as, exactly. as uh, we, we, my friends and I refer to it as. It's a good season. Yeah. All right, Ron, you've heard up from us. What's
0: your prediction, bud?
2: I I was actually kind of in the ballpark with Jim and Jason on that up towards 88 wins, but I'm I would say probably 86, 87 wins and taking third place. I just don't see them making the playoffs or taking the division.
0: Now, I, I have been told from uh, Jason and Joe we're not allowed to do ranges anymore. So pick 86 or 87. Hmm. I'll
2: go 87.
0: 87. All right. Do you want to put down a placement or are you not feeling that bold? I think he th- said
3: third.
2: Yeah, third.
0: third. Okay. All right. 87 and third. Oh, so he's dropping the Blue Jays. Okay. Or the Rays.
3: <laughs> Ubi, Matt, wow. Eduardo <laughs> <And laughs> Jimenez.
0: <laughs> Are we saying Eduardo wow. Jimenez wasn't the answer? Uh, no, I, I don't think so, Matt. Well, it depends Sorry.
3: on the question.
0: <laughs> well, the question. That's, that's true. If we're, if we're asking who's going to give up, probably four and a half runs to five runs, Per nine this year, yeah, Ubaldo Jimenez. That signing didn't work
1: out. Oh, Ubaldo Jimenez. (laughs) All right, Joe, what about the Blue Jays?
4: Yeah, uh, last year, 89 and 73, good for third in the AL East. Um, Wild card three eliminated in the wild card round by the Twins, two games to none. Uh, Second straight year they had done that, and a third time in four years that they have been eliminated right away. Um, The record change from 21 to 22 was – Plus one, the record change from 22 to 23 was minus three. Um, they still have a ton of depth at catcher Danny Jensen, Alejandro Kirk, and probably Varsho. I don't know if he still qualifies for catcher or not.
0: I um, think Varsho's permanently moved to the outfield. I don't know. Yeah, he's going he's to be outfield him. now. Okay.
4: Uh, first base, Vlad Jr., uh, second, Captain uh, Biggio, and uh, third base, um, Isaiah Kinnerfalefa, uh, and Bo Bichette at short. Um, Varsho, Kiermaier, and Springer in the outfield. Justin Turner at DH. Um, Gossman, Barrios, Bassett, Kikuchi, and Manoa at in the starting rotation. They still have Jordan Romano closing, um, but beyond that, not much to write home about in the bullpen. Um, Kiermaier was their big offseason acquisition. Um, as far as guys who were already on the team, uh, Justin Turner was was obviously outside of that. Um, they lost, uh, Henshin Ryu, Matt Chapman, Brandon belt, Jordan Hicks, Whit Merrifield. They lost a ton of talent this, in the off season here. Um, you know, so I'll, I'll kick it to you guys. They're, you know, where are they going? What's their biggest need and, and where, where are they going to be?
0: Jason, you're up first.
3: I was very torn about this one. Um, I think that they are still a very good team. Uh, they did. I, I think the losses of Chapman, Hicks, and uh, Merrifield can come back to hurt them. Um, I took the Yankees in third. I have another. I have a different prediction here for something else. So I'm going to say that the Blue Jays do hold on for second in the division. Um. I'll, I'll get to my explanation on something else in a, in a little bit when we get to the Rays here. Um, but the Blue Jays will end up second in the division, and I'm going to give them 92 wins.
0: 92 wins, second place. Got it?
3: Yeah. That Yep, that pitching staff is very good. So as long as that pitching staff stays healthy and and that offense continues to show up the way that they can,
1: they'll be up there. What do you think, Jim? Um, I think this is the team that, that, that that's gonna drop a little. I think they're gonna stay close um I'm gonna stay close to the Yankees. I'm gonna say I hate that you don't give ranges uh I'm gonna say 85 <laughs> excuse me um I think it's just gonna be one of those like you know Yankees are gonna be maybe get a series win against them and that's gonna be that's gonna be the difference um they're they're gonna stay close, they're gonna stay competitive, but I think the Yankees are just gonna edge them out.
0: And remember, also, you have to consider there's tiebreakers now. It's not a playoff. It's not like a one game playoff anymore. So that makes those regular season series all that more important, especially with the interdivision series. All right. So 85, you said 85 and second.
1: Um, 85, I have them actually in, in fourth.
0: Fourth, 85 and fourth. Okay, thank you. Um before we go into Ron Austin Young, go birds.
3: Yeah, go birds. Boy, Austin.
0: All right, Ron, what's your prediction?
2: Um I'm gonna I'm gonna give them 91 wins. I, I just think that rotation is what's gonna keep them involved. That they got some solid arms in there. So 91 wins, second place, and I, I think they'll grab a wild card spot.
3: Okay. I I would also take them as a wild card. I had them in second. I did forget to mention that. I would take them as a wild card as well. Wild card?
0: Yep, let me mark it. All right. Wild card. Sorry, I'm putting it right in the damn document so I don't have to read the transcript next year to figure these out. Thank God.
1: Mark. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I did it for every other division, just not the AL East last year. Trust
1: me, as, as a host of multiple podcasts, I've played that game already where you forget to write shit down. Yes, you end up having to go back and listen to things, the right thing. Yeah, I get it. I'm not gonna lie. it's much better. Listening to your
0: recording of yourself is the weirdest thing in the world because you don't when what you hear in a recording is not what you think you ever sound like.
1: Yeah, I've gotten used to it. Ten years into this game, I'm I'm used (laughs) to it at this point. (laughs) Yes, it used to be weird.
0: So I love the pitching. Gossman is a stud. He's probably going to be top of the AL strikeout leaders or he'll be within the top five unless he gets hurt. Um, I like Barrios. I like Bassett. Kikuchi is going to be a solid four. Alec Manoa is such a wild card because he went from AL Cy Young candidate to absolute trash, could not pitch his way out of a paper bag, demoted from the major leagues all the way down to single A last year. Mm Mm-hmm. I think Manoa is going to have a bounce back year. I think he is going to be a potential AL comeback player of the year candidate. Will he be a Cy Young candidate? I don't think I'd go that far, but I think he's going to be a solid middle of the order guy. And if he gives them that, or even a little better than middle of the order, they are going to be overjoyed. This offense is good. Vlad jr. Is always going to be a scary guy to have in the three hole, Kavon Biggio was great last year. I think Kiner Falefa is going to improve this year. He's a young guy. He's got a very high ceiling. Bo Bichette was great last year as well. That's a good, solid outfield. It doesn't have the pop that the Yankees have, but they hit for a better average than that Yankees outfield will. Granted, they won't draw as many walks, mainly because Juan Soto is the master at drawing walks. And Justin Turner, Justin, Justin Turner reminds me of uh, a a former Oriole and Braves guy, Nick Markakis. He's not always going to show a ton of pop anymore, but he's always going to hit a solid like 270 to 305, 310. Doesn't matter how long and how long he's played the game. He's always going to be there. A comment from Matt Mollmano is a potential X factor. If he can return to form that rotation is disgusting. Uh, Matt, I absolutely agree with that. Uh, You couldn't couldn't have said it better. So I'm going to put the... I, I hate to do this because the Blue Jays just love to disappoint us when it comes to the end of the season and the playoffs. But I think they finally have enough pitching to push them through along with solid enough bats. I am going to say... 94 wins, second place in wild card.
1: Dang.
0: Joe, what do you got?
4: Uh, I mean, first off, you said they had enough pitching. They had a lot of these guys last year, so they didn't change anything there. Um, yeah, and I, I like
0: I, their pitching. La- their problem last yeah. year was not pitching outside of Alec Manoa. It right. was the bats just completely disappearing by and large for large chunks of time.
4: Yeah, I feel like there's a lot more of, of an issue with this club. I just don't feel like they can put it together. I'm going to have them at 85 like Jim does. I think they're going to be fourth in this division. Okay. Um, and, and I just don't think that there's – there's I, I haven't seen enough of them playing consistently for me to believe that they're going to be there. At, okay. some point, at some point, you are what you are. You're being eliminated three times in a row, 2-0. I mean –
0: well, two in, a row and and four. And yeah, two in a row and three and four is not three good. Like no. This is giving me shades of the end of the last Atlanta run, the last long Atlanta division run, where they were out in the first round every year. So I, I get where you're coming from. I do.
4: Yeah, and, and Falefa has great potential, but he's no Matt Chapman. That's, that's a gaping hole at third base for them, I think. Um, Mer- Merrifield being gone is not a good thing. I just feel like they didn't get better in the all season.
0: Yeah, but Merrifield was a backup anyway. He wasn't. He wasn't starting anywhere last year. He was a backup.
4: I, I get it. I'm not saying that he was. A, he was their all star. He was an all star.
0: Yeah, he was an all star. That's true.
4: It, it doesn't matter. So he played enough. Playing, it doesn't matter if you're playing every day or if you're a role player. I mean, th- those role players matter.
0: That's true. I. Th- no. That's absolutely true. All right, now let's move on to what's probably going to be one of the biggest enigmas to figure out what they are in this division, the Tampa Bay Rays. Last year spurred on, as Jason mentioned earlier, by one of the, actually, I would probably the greatest start any team has ever had in the history of baseball. Uh, I can't remember if they broke the record for consecutive games won before losing or if they were close to it, but I know their first two months was among the best in baseball history. They ended up at 99 and 63, second in the division, wild card one, eliminated by the Rangers 2 to nothing in the wild card round. That was their fifth straight trip to the postseason, by the way. Last year's predictions. We all thought that they were going to go down last year. Uh Joe Adam at 80, Jason 79, Jim at 80 to 82. I was the closest at 83 to 84, but again, we all were predicting more of a fall for the Rays than they did last year and uh um Looking at the record change from 21 to 22, they did go down 14 wins, but from 22 to 23, they went back up 13 wins. So, you know, this is a team that if you're on the New York Stock Exchange, you don't like seeing the way the squiggly line's moving because that's very hard to predict where to jump on and jump (laughs) off. So, looking at the depth chart, uh, Rene Pinto at catcher, Yandy Diaz at first, Brandon Lowe at second, Isaac Paredes at third, shortstop is between Taylor Walls and Jose Caballero. Um, just as a note, Wander Franco is not currently listed at all on the Rays' depth chart. So, the Rays are operating on the assumption that they are not going to have Wander Franco at all, um, and given everything that is going on down in his uh, home country... I think that's probably a wise prediction because even if he's not convicted, I don't see MLB going shorter than 162 as a suspension. And quite frankly, if it's longer than 162, I won't be shocked yeah. given the allegations. Outfield Randy Rosarina, Jose Siri Josh Lowe, DH is Harold Ramirez. The pitching. Zach Eflin is the a- J- Jason, did you ever think you were ever going to say that at all? Zach Eflin is the ace of anywhere
3: he um no but then again he was kind of the he, he was kind of an ace or a number two guy for like the 2015 2016 Phillies which isn't anything to really I write to, home you, about you <laughs> but, we, like <laughs> we, 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 we try to forget those years um <laughs> I but mean. I mean the the thing for him last year was he was able to stay healthy yeah so and, and yeah. we saw what in Philadelphia when he was healthy he was productive um so if he can stay healthy, he can absolutely anchor uh, that rotation.
0: And and if nothing else, Eflin, when he's healthy, he'll suck innings up. And even mm-hmm. if he's not always getting the win, he's taking some strain off the bullpen. And this is a team that's known to run a pseudo six-man rotation where they use a stopper out of the bullpen for a game pretty consistently. So it's good to have a starter that can suck up those innings and give the bullpen some rest. They also have Aaron Savale, Zach Little, Ryan Pepio, T.J. Bradley, Shane Bass. Um, in the pen, Pete Fairbanks, Jason Adam, uh, Colin Pache, Phil Maton. Jeez, this is a lot of old Phillies guys. Garrett Clevenger, Sean Armstrong, and Chris Davinsky. I didn't even realize that when I was writing this up. Uh, Matt Mull just commented in on, I'm assuming F1 said, Tampa will somehow turn him into a Cy Young candidate. <laughs> I mean, uh, Tam- Tampa well, they do. does... Yeah, they do really well picking up teams throwaways and making really solid pitchers. It wouldn't shock me. Um, biggest moves they brought back, Chris Davinsky, for the re-signings, new acquisitions. Nothing huge. Uh, a lot of trades. Um, Tatum-Levins they got from Seattle for depth. Um, Ryan Peppio and Johnny DeLuca were the big uh, keys that they got back when they traded away Tyler Glasnow to the Dodgers. Um, and again, Jose Calab- uh, Calibero, he's going to be a depth guy if, at shortstop. No real big free agent sightings, but that's not out of the ordinary for them. They're not known for going into the free agent market heavily. Um, the losses, is losing Christian Betancourt at catcher. It cuts their catching depth down. So they're probably going to be looking at a guy from the int- internally to move up to cover that. Um Tyler Glasnow, I I was a little surprised they pulled the trigger in the offseason and didn't uh, run with him a little bit to start the year and then maybe try to deal him at the deadline, depending on how things were going. Uh, but really, it, considering he was on an expiring contract, Pepio and DeLuca are not a bad return. I I think Pepio has definitely got some potential for them. Um, So I'm going to open the floor. Joe, I'll let you start this off. Uh, it's... The Rays are definitely, I think, the biggest enigma to try and figure out in the AL East this year because they have had more turnover that really than anybody else has, especially pitching wise. Because Glasnow is an absolutely certified stud for them. What do you think?
4: Yeah, there, there's a lot to to that's sort of uncertain and unknown because part of you wants to bet on the wants to predict the big drop off because of a lot of the fallout that's going on there with Franco and, and losing glass now and some other things. But the other part of you knows that you never want to trade with the Rays because they usually end up winning that trade somehow. And they have a a great system for developing players. So it's, it's like, you want to see, you want to predict a huge fall off, but you almost feel like you can't predict too much of a fall off because of what they always do year in and year out. Mm -hmm. Um, i mean that that you know third base shortstop side of the infield is, is a big question mark for them their their on-field and off-field player leadership is really lacking obviously i think um, with glassnell leaving obviously on, on the field franco that whole mess um i'm i'm going to drop them 10 wins i'm going to drop them 80 to 89 um I, I i could see them dropping to 86 or 85 but i just don't want to go that far out on a limb right this
0: minute.
4: Mm-hmm. So i wins. What place? Well, they'll end up in second, um, and the Yankees will be in third.
0: Okay. So you're predicting a wild card as well?
4: Um, I guess they're probably going to be good enough to get there. I just – I feel like there's
0: – It's tough because the AL West is stacked as well, and they have – Right. Two very strong – they have three teams that will make a strong case for a playoff run, so what do you think? Yeah,
4: I think think it's either – well, I could see the Yankees getting a wild card berth. I could see the Rays maybe getting there. I mean, they'll get there based on my record predictions, but –
0: Fair enough. Jason?
3: All right, this is going to be my biggest uh, and boldest prediction other than my dark horse there um I don't think the Rays are going to be as good um I I think they've lost too much I think they have that cloud of Wander Franco hanging over them um what did I what did I have the Yankees at in third place there
0: you had the Yankees sorry I scroll back up here uh Yankees you had them at 88. Third place, dark horse division winner.
3: Okay, and what did I have the Red Sox at seventy something?
0: D- does it matter? You're not picking no, no. them. So
3: no, I just want I just want to make sure that I didn't provide too low of a win total. Is, is what I was getting at seventy four. Okay. Oh yeah, that's fine. Um, so I think the Ra- I think the Rays are going to drop all the way down to fourth in the division this year, okay. and, and and I think they're going to do that with
1: eighty five wins.
0: Wow, eighty-five wins for a fourth-place team—that's wild.
1: Yeah, the AL Central could never. I know.
0: <laughs> the like, AL Central division winner might not get to eighty-five
1: wins. I yeah. was saying eighty-seven last year. So yeah, yeah. Well, well, I mean, look, and look at look at the. It, yeah, it's but, awful. Like look at the AL East last year. I mean your
3: your fourth-place uh, Yankees last year were eighty-two wins, like. Fourth place oh, was yeah. above five. Any of
1: the teams in the East, you put them in the Central, they win that running away.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, running so, away. so, so I I think that with how good the other teams are, and with what the Rays have heading over them, with what they lost, I I think
1: they drop down to fourth.
0: Dang. Okay, eighty-five and fourth. What do you got, Jim?
1: Um, what I have at Yankees at eighty-eight. I
0: believe that sounds All right. right.
1: With um, I'm I'm gonna go like I'm gonna go eighty-nine on the raise. Like, I, I think it's going to be really that side of a window. Um, yeah, I think there's, there, there's, there's going to be a fallback, but, but just looking, looking back here, um, as you guys were talking, they, they haven't been below 500 since 2017. Like the, the like the, I know it, it seems like this team's an enigma, but I don't think they are. I think they are a team that plays good fundamental baseball. And, and, and I think we've learned and we've seen some of these teams do it over the last couple of years, and we're going to talk about another one here in a second, um, that, that that does that very, very well, that if you can play the game of baseball the way it's meant to be played at its core, you're, you can be successful. And I think that's what this race team, whether it's, you know, void of stars, void of a great place to play, it, it just doesn't matter with the, with this team and, and they, they just continue to do it year in and year out. So, so I think there's gonna be a little bit of a fallback. I think you're gonna see um, you know you, you know like like you said Andrew, you take away the unreal start that that team had um, and I, I, I think there's like a little bit um, a little, little bit of a a reality check. Where you where you're not going to get near a hundred wins, but I don't think you're going to see a big drop off from this team because they just are what they are. So I think 89. Um, I think it's going to be good enough to be one of the wild card teams. So I'm going to put them, um, in one of the wild card spots, maybe even the maybe even the two spot. Um, but uh, but yeah, I I think this team is going to just be what they have been for the last couple of years, and they're going to continue to do it.
0: So wild card. So 89 wild card third place or second
1: place um officially third okay I, I think they could potentially get to that second but uh officially i'll put them in third okay ron what are you thinking bud
2: uh i'd say i'm I'm gonna go 84 wins and fourth
0: 84 and fourth obviously out of the wild card at that point
1: yeah hit hit matt's comment there that's exactly what i'm saying like We're sitting here in February, and this team never looks like a 90 plus win, but uh, plus win team. But when you look over the last handful of seasons, they've won, they've been 90 plus more times than they haven't. And that's what's crazy about them.
0: Yeah, Matt's exact uh message is Tampa ever looked like a 90 plus win team in February and yet. And yeah. Matt, that that's absolutely a great point. I'm not I'm definitely not uh going to take that away. I do agree with you. Uh let me just look here. 90 wins, 23, 199 wins in 23, 100 wins in 21. We'll ignore 2020. I mean, they were
1: 40 and 20 in in that 2020 season. Like I get it was yeah. weird they were still one of the better producing teams
0: 96 wins in 19 90 wins and 18 and they didn't make the play offices with 90 wins so amazing, it's by
1: the
0: way. yeah so a- absolutely definitely yeah it, matt that is definitely a good point i don't i i just don't see 90 wins this year i i, I don't with everything that this team has lost um losing glass now to anchor that rotation not 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 that i think efflin's incapable of picking up a good number of wins for them but glass now is let's be real if you're going against garrett cole are you going to trust tyler glass now or zach efflin in that game
1: yeah Uh, yeah you're you're right
0: yandy diaz is still going to be a beast Randy Rosarina is still going to be a beast. They they still have offense even without Wander Franco, but I I'm not I, I'm not seeing 90 wins this year. I, I I just think the rest of the division is too good in the way the division will eat itself up. I think they're going to fall down. I'm going to put them all the way down at where the Yankees are this year. I'm going to put them at 82 wins, which I believe puts me at a fourth place prediction, but I'll update that later tonight when I when I finalize this. So, um, third, fourth, whatever I have down at 82 wins, that's where I have them in. I don't think they make the playoffs this year. I think they miss out in a wild card spot. All right, Jim, why don't you close it out with the defending AL champion?
1: Defending Hey, look, I broke my own personal rule with this t-shirt. I'm never a guy (laughs) that buys, uh, division champion shirts, like playoff shirts, conference champion shirts, bowl game shirt. I don't, I don't do it because I feel like it's bad luck, but like I, I broke the rule because this doesn't happen very often. Right. (laughs) Um, the Baltimore Orioles, as I got the Oriole eyes staring over my left shoulder, I got the welcome to October towel. Um, 101-61 101-61 a year ago, first in the AL East, number one seed uh, in the American League. Of course, the number two team um, in all of Major League Baseball. Uh, sadly, eliminated uh, in a sweep to Texas. It was their first playoff appearance in 2016. Well, um, and you bought the shirt. It's because I bought the shirt. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I it, it was my own failure. I broke my own rule, and it, it screwed us over. Uh, I, no, Texas proved to be... Uh, exactly you Just, lost to the champs yeah you yeah. lost to a juggernaut so th- that's the easiest way to go out um i'll get to our predictions from last year the record changed for 21 uh 22 they were plus 31 from 22 to 23 22 23 they were plus 18 uh i had them in 88 wins last year so did jason andrew you had him at 90 joe was the closest uh at 92 and he was nine under so that's uh that is that is a good feeling. Um, right there. Uh, your depth chart, you got Rutschman uh, and McCann uh, as your as your catchers, Mountcastle, Westberg, Urias, Henderson. Your utility guys are Urias and Matone. Uh, your outfield is Hayes, uh, Mullins, and Santander. Uh, your DH is Ryan O'Hearn. Of course, uh, starting pitching the big acquisition uh, in the offseason, Corbin Burns. Uh, Bradish, who is uh, dealing with the UCL tear. Uh, he plans to continue throwing and trying to battle through that. Uh, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, and Dean Kremer. Uh, your relief pitching, Craig Kimbrell. We're going to talk about that, I am sure. Sano, <laughs> Home, uh Perez, Tate, and Jacob Webb. Um, nothing really coming back in terms of re-signed players. You added uh, Tucker Davidson, Sam Hilliard, uh, Craig Kimbrell, uh, Diego Castillo. You added Heasley from the uh, Kansas City Royals. Tyler Nevin from Detroit, Corbin Burns from Milwaukee, Nick Matone from Detroit, uh, Burdick from Miami, uh, Crook from the Yankees, and Ort from the Phillies. You lost Gibson, Fraser, Flaherty, uh, Fujinami, and Aaron Hicks. You lost uh, Espinal to uh, the, the Royals, Ortiz, Hall, and uh, I, there's a future considerations in that trade. Um, yeah, they haven't announced the player to be named later yeah. yet to that to that Milwaukee deal. Um yeah, I, the, the 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 crazy thing I mean uh, obviously one of your your biggest um returns and obviously one of your biggest strengths um is uh the return of your reigning uh manager of the year Brandon Hyde as well. Um and yeah, Matt, this is the uh this is the batting practice hat. This is the batting practice hat. I didn't get the uh the spring training hat I think it was the orange one. I didn't pick that up. I did pick up like this I think it was the spring training clubhouse hat that had like the stripe and the the um the palm tree. Uh plenty of plenty of new Oriole hats being bought this year for Good. sure. Um yeah, no, last season was just it, it was what I thought was wild watching it is is that like the team, and I and I know a lot of the players talked about it um in in like post game and, and interviews and different things they did is that they, whenever they came to the whenever they came to the, the 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 park that day, they said they felt like they could win, and and for an Orioles team to say that, like I don't, I don't remember ever hearing that. I don't remember ever hearing that from an Orioles team, at least not in a very long time. And and when it comes down to it, I mean, I talked about a little bit with the Rays, but it's a team that, um, they they just play really good baseball. They're not they're not just a home run hitting team they're not just a pitching team they're not just a fielding team like they, they they do so many things really really well um and they're just a really well-rounded lineup and and for years like we we i've come on this show it's on my my fourth time on the ALE's preview i think mm-hmm. and every time it's like man they have so much talent they have so much young talent in this system it's like just let these guys cook get a manager in here let them cook. They they are finally doing that, and now they finally are uh, selling this team to a management group that wants the Orioles to succeed. For the love of God, it's like this. It, like I know, I know Matt because uh, and it includes
3: Cal uh, Ripken in that group too. Yeah, right. Like, I mean, it's,
1: it's guys that care about the team and care about the city and care about Baltimore baseball. And I know, um, I think it was Matt Jason. I think it was Matt that said it in a group that like. You have you have Orioles fans that the day that the, the sale was announced said it was like the happiest day that they can remember as an Orioles fan because we 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 love our team we've loved our team forever and it's been such a pain to love this team it really yeah. has like it 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 sucked to be an Orioles fan for so long and now for
3: most of your life you had for most of your life you had the Angelos family running it.
1: Yeah I mean the, the 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 first season I remember because I have a I have the highlight tape and I converted to DVD and I'll still watch it. Uh from nineteen eighty nine when the team just kind of got hot. It was like those those mid 2010 teams that got hot, but then they they puttered away and then they got hot again in the mid-90s and then they went dark for 20 years. And and now all of a sudden it is just starting to come back. And and I, I kid you not when the when when the Dallas Cowboys had another playoff embarrassment this year, I went, Jesus Christ. Notre Dame disappointed me this year again. The Cowboys were a failure. The Capitals, I mean, they're they're up and down. They're they're a young team. I'm like, what the fuck world am I living in that that I am? I'm excited that baseball is starting. I, I can't remember. Like you joke, like Jason, you've known me forever. Oh, the yeah. joke has been for so long. Like, I'm an Orioles fan until they're eliminated from the postseason. And then I'm a Phillies fan. So I'm a Phillies fan on day three of the season. Like that's been the joke for so long. And it's just like, what how is this team? Like it, it doesn't, it really it, it's it's so weird. And and I think the best part about it is because it's, it's such a like an unfamiliar territory for me is I can, I can really just enjoy it. I can Mm -hmm. sit back and enjoy it because there's not this, Oh my God, we have to win a world series. Like, like, like with the Cowboys, it's like, we have to win. Oh yeah. See, Matt knows what's up. The Why not video? It's so good. The music in that is perfect. But it's like I, I don't I don't need this team to win a World Series. Like, yes, I want them to improve. I obviously I want them to to you know win a win a playoff series, maybe get to the ALCS, get to the World Series. That'd be awesome. But like with with all of my other teams, it's like it's been it's been so long um, since they've had success, and it has been for the Orioles too. But my other teams have been at that level. It's like you you can't continue to fail. But the Orioles, it's 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 all new, it's fresh, it's it's exciting, and, and for me it's just yeah, let's just keep going for the ride.
0: It it was so 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 fun to watch the Orioles last year. I love that they were doing so well in that push that we were like, Yeah, we got we got Put an Orioles watching every week basically right. from the all-star from the all-star break on we were watching the Orioles every week and it was a blast and I Jim I truly truly hope it continues man um, and the uh, Peter Angel has bought them in 93 so it's been a long time coming to get his ass thrown off that team and get an ownership group that gives a shit because that is one of the most beautiful parks in baseball. One of the best fan bases to back that team when they have a team to support and they showed it last year. And uh, I just hope they keep improving. I love it. I yeah. love it. And that was,
3: that was the thing about that team last year was they were never out of games. Mm-hmm. I, I re- I very vividly remember seeing them down like, Five nothing, six one, six two,
1: and winning those games because you could
3: never count them
1: out. And They'd get a run here, or run there, and it would just—they right. they slowly build. There was no quit.
3: And and the the thing for you as as like a diehard Orioles fan, like I, I I've always said, like it, the Orioles are like my American League team, like sim- similar to you, like cheering, re- pulling for the Orioles and the Phillies. Like for me, it's the Phillies and the Orioles. Um, Like they, you could just as a diehard fan, Jim, you could just enjoy the ride last year. Yeah. Because it's like that there's no expectations other than, hey, maybe we just won't suck this year. (laughs) And, 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 and you got to enjoy that. You got to like finally see playoff baseball in Baltimore again. I mean, I know it didn't end the way that fans hope it would, but that was a hell of a ride last year for, for the Orioles.
0: And let's be real. That Rangers team was the best road playoff team in baseball history.
1: dude. I, it, and, and here's the thing is, is they got, you know, the Orioles were, were obviously, they were consistent pretty much the, the whole way through the year. There wasn't, there wasn't really a point where they, they had a fall off Texas. They, they just, it, it's the old cliche. They got hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. And, and and they really did, and they, there was no slowing them down. And I think too is is they 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 had some guys on that roster that um were were kind of battle tested in the postseason, where the Orioles didn't. There there was points in those games where where the Orioles just kind of looked like, oh, how did we get here? Like like they just, you know what I mean? It was like, oh god, how did this is not what I thought it was going to be um so the, so inexperience, I, of the, the yeah.
3: inexperience of the roster the inexperience kind, of the roster kind of showed up there
1: yeah yeah and, it, and, and it reminded, I mean I even Hyde as a manager looked looked inexperienced at times and, I mean, and didn't know how to kind of stop the bleeding but you know you learn from that and, and I hope that's what this team does and honestly
0: Jim it reminded me of watching this current group of Atlanta players when they were all coming up back at you know eighteen nineteen when they were You know, when Snit was the first time in the playoffs, you had a ton of young talent on the team that had never been there. That's just going to happen with these young teams. They need a couple years in the playoffs to get punched in the face and be like, oh, that's how you react to that. And then you get an experienced playoff team and then they become incredibly dangerous. And I think that's where the Orioles are heading. It might not be this year still. It might be next year, but that's, you know, come, come a year or two from now, I don't think anybody's going to want to face Baltimore in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, yeah. Matt, Matt hit the uh, Matt hit the 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 points there. He said Hyde showed his experience, um, showed uh, some questionable pitching decisions uh, in the Texas series. Yeah, and and I and I think because I remember when I remember when the Orioles hired um, when the Orioles hired Brandon Hyde. Uh, Jason, you know uh, Mark Hof the the State Farming. Jason, you do as well. The and and Joe. You guys know he, the State Farm agent here. He's my been my insurance agent for twenty plus years, and uh, we've always talked baseball. And I was I just happened to be in his office like a couple of days after um, Hyde had gotten hired, and he had been you know a scout in the in the Cubs organization. And Mark is a huge Cubs fan. And I said, "What what what do I need to know about this guy?" He goes, "Look, I'll be honest with you. If 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 management lets him, actually gives him time, this team's going to be really good." in a couple of years and, and here we are. Um, so I, every time I talk to him, I, I remind him of that. And I thank him for, uh, instilling, uh, that, that faith in him, uh, from, from the beginning. And you see it, uh, that there's, there's, the, there's a weird, um, you know, there's a, there's a belief and a feeling around, uh, around the Baltimore Orioles that again, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'll be 39 this summer and, and I don't, I really don't remember, um, going into a season with with and really much confidence i mean you're you're gonna go back to the what 95 96 you know you're going almost 20 years uh you know 20 30 years back to to when when there was actually this much confidence in an orioles team yeah
0: i remember when you were
3: 12 Yeah, it
1: hurts hurts. (laughs) My back hurts just hearing that Yeah, right
0: It was either 97 or 98 I can't remember what year But for Christmas, my parents got me It was like four or five tickets to Orioles games I I know one was Braves-Orioles We got to Yankees-Orioles I forget who the other teams were But it was take a different family member to each game You know, we'd stop in Timonium Take the light rail in Go for an afternoon game Hit the light rail back out That was some of the... I, I will never forget how much fun I had that summer going down to Orioles game set. Yeah. I, I'm, Dude, I'm so glad like it's getting there done. was
1: there was uh, probably three or four years where um, for my birthday, which is July, um, my dad and I would go down for a game. And, and the probably the most vivid memory I have is they were playing the White Sox the one year and we always got seats out in left field. My dad goes, go down, go down and tell me what the ball says. And I go, what? because Charlie Huff was warming up. And I say, he goes, tell me what the ball says. And I went, and I will never forget watching a baseball just hover hover through the air with no (laughs) movement on it at all. (laughs) Official baseball, major. What? How does he do that? How the hell does he get? How does he throw a ball and the damn thing doesn't move?
0: Wild. All right. Uh, Ron, what started off with you? You get to open the predictions with the Orioles. What are you thinking? Uh,
2: I'm going to go. We're gonna bring them down a little bit. I'm gonna say 98 wins in first place.
0: I love that coming down a little bit is 98 I wins. That's that's awesome.
1: I, I like that's that's. I'm okay. I'm okay. Yeah, It's it's a little bit. It's not a lot.
0: <laughs> no, I I think it's a great prediction. Honestly, um, I mean, just l- looking up and down this roster, the youth talent the Orioles have, I. That infield is one of the best infields all the way around
1: but in baseball. It's, it's so funny because really every year you'd look at the Orioles line at roster and go, like it'd be the line from Major League. Who the fuck are these guys? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, and like, but now it's it's the same group of guys and you're like, oh, these guys are yeah. real good. <laughs> This, this this is a scary sneaky dangerous tough lineup hitting.
0: They've got a really solid rotation pitching, especially if Bradish is able to pitch through this injury. Mm-hmm. That's that's not a rotation you want to be facing. Um, you know, one of the depth, one of the depth acquisitions you guys grabbed was Tucker Davidson. He's, he's bounced around a couple organizations. He came up with Atlanta. We traded him. I want to say to San Francisco, and I think he bounced around with, uh, Kansas city as well. He's not an ace guy, but he's going to eat innings for you. If they bring him up as a bullpen guy and he's a left-handed arm, which let's face it, there isn't a team in baseball. That's got enough left-handed pitching right now in the bullpen. So a great depth move. I I love what the Orioles did. There is nothing not to, you know, uh, Matt brings up a great point. Two years removed from Rokondo door being an everyday
4: infielder.
0: This is proof. You are in a great spot right now. There is nothing wrong with being there. I mean, you were number two in baseball last year with 101 wins. Yeah. That's it, it's phenomenal. And honestly, I think your pitching is better now than it was last year.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. You bring John, in a Cy Young winner.
0: John, John means is number four in the rotation. I'll say four. he was our
1: opening day starter last year. <laughs> if memory I mean, serves,
0: two years ago, he was coming off Tommy John last year. Um, now that he's another year removed from Tommy John, he's probably going to be much closer to the guy you saw nearly throw a perfect game a couple of years ago. Yeah, I am going to say the Baltimore Orioles. I'm going to move them up one more win. I don't think they're ready to fall off yet. 102 wins, first place in the division.
4: Love it, Joe. What do you got? I couldn't say it better than you guys did, uh, and they have Jackson Holiday. <laughs> Coming up, this is ridiculous. Um yeah.
1: the youth talent coming up out of this farm system.
0: What the hell? It's insane,
1: right? It's it's wild.
4: So win total. Why obviously they're gonna win this division, but the win total for me, I'm gonna go 109.
1: Wow,
2: damn, oh,
1: damn. Man, Joe. Huh. I like you. I, like you. <laughs> I don't even think I have to ask what place you're putting 109 wins. <laughs> No. Here's the Are they the best team in baseball at 109? Uh, yes, ooh. yes. yes. maybe.
4: I have been yeah. I have been on this team for two years now. I am riding yeah. this train,
3: baby. <laughs> I love it,
0: Jason. Go ahead, bud.
3: All right, so we're trying to. It seems like we're like one up in each other here. So, uh, I, as we it. lead to uh, to Jim's prediction. So you mentioned their youth. Um, this logo is something that you need to get yourself familiar with. The Norfolk Tides, their triple A team, uh, because you are going to see a lot of players uh, coming up from them. Uh, not only do you have the guys who are already up there, such as, uh, you know, like like your Adleys. Um, uh, oh my gosh, everybody else is just fall out because there's so many. But the, the thing to keep, to really look at here. Uh Joe mentioned Jackson Holiday. He's their number one prospect. Uh he's probably gonna be up at some point this year. E- and he can fill in for any like injuries, things like that. Um, you're also going to have Colton Kowser uh possibly see some time up there. Uh Heston Kerstad. Uh like all of these players are so young. Like Jackson Holiday is 19 and he looks like he's 12. Uh, yeah, the triple A champion, Norfolk Tides. Uh, like, I love that Matt's in on this one tonight. Um But like,
0: hey, hey Matt, next time, let us know ahead of time. We'll get you in so you can be a part of the round table because uh we absolutely next year when we do AL East or anytime you want to hop on during the regular season, let us know, please. We'd love to have you on.
3: Yeah. So, so, so like you have these, these young guys, like the Orioles still have the best farm system in baseball. They're going to be feeding this team for years to come. And I think what you're going to see, you're not only going to see them get 105 wins. You're not only going to see them win the American League East. You are going to see them representing the American League in the World Series.
0: Ooh, call the World Series shot. I love it. Damn.
3: All
1: right, Jimmy. Well, so you I, got, go. I got a battle between 109 wins or 105 in a World Series. Shit. Um, World Series appearance. I'm not I'm not, not I do not know about you're that, it, but you're, the you're reality, along, buddy. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna cry. I'm gonna go into a corner and I'm gonna cry because I let myself get excited and I do that with every other sport. Um you know, so so I was I was a little more conservative last year, um, with with 88. Um, and, and I mean honestly, again. So I had the Red Sox at the same. Um, I had the Blue Jays down, and the Yankees up a little, and the Rays coming down. So, so I I think this Orioles team they're going they're going to improve. Um, I don't think I'm going to go 109. Um, I'll do one better than Jason. I'll go 106 wins. This team is absolutely uh, going to win the AL East. Um, I would absolutely love if they are the uh, they are the AL representative. Um. In the World Series, I don't know if I'll go that far, but I, I, I think they they will definitely win their first series. I think they get to the ALCS, and um, and hopefully we can just kind of keep riding that train from there.
0: You know what? I'm going to double down. I'm going to double down. Atlanta and Baltimore will be the top two teams in baseball again. Of by course, Linto. you take Atlanta <laughs> and, and Atlanta's going to knock top I'm going to call oh. it now: Atlanta, Baltimore, World Series. Of course, get past you Philly are first.
1: I would to get
2: past that. Philly first. Well, of course you,
1: you are. If that it. happens, Andrew, we'll uh, we'll we'll set up we'll an outdoor bet. TV. We'll we'll sit and we'll crack some beers and smoke some cigars and we'll watch. Absolutely, I am. It's there not the, the NL East. East preview.
3: It's the American League East preview. <laughs> Don't need to talk hey, about the you, Braves.
1: You, hey, you're the
0: one who decided to throw the shot of we're going to start calling World Series reps. <laughs> so that's
3: on you, dude. I called the American League World For Series rep us. because we're talking about their division.
0: Yeah, and we haven't gotten to the NL. We're starting that next week. Okay, so why not start a week early?
3: Technically, it'd be like three weeks early because the e- our East is going to be last. So I guess technically it's four, week's, four weeks
0: if you count this. Four week.
3: weeks early, yeah.
0: <laughs> it's, we always do the NL East last. Come on, it's the best division it's in baseball. Okay,
2: he's part owner. He can't I'll say that party. part owner there exactly. calling a
3: shot for. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Exactly, and I got the. I can even
1: show this. I see theory. you get the same respect I get as the host of 3CT. I get that. <laughs>
0: exactly. the, the day these guys start getting me respect, I think it's the day we shut the show down. Honestly, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, if the 3CT is any blueprint, we're 10 years in and I get no respect, so you, you, guys, you guys have a long way to go. <laughs> you get I, no, I, I, I.
0: The thing I love about these guys, they will absolutely call me on my shit when I get too over the top. And I love it because, um, way too many times over the first, especially the first two years, it almost turned too much into a Braves Phillies podcast. And, uh, <laughs> thankfully, Joe was like, no, I'm still here too. Okay. And, uh, you know, oh, you know we're trying to push it more general baseball this year we're we're going to try and do a little less team specific to cover more so we're more of a generalized I, hey we're we're still going to rep our teams absolutely and uh and the Orioles are definitely going to be a part of the weekly rotation now until pretty much the, you know the time we decide to hang it up i think uh but yeah, I, I appreciate these guys not uh, letting me get too far on my high horse when I get off. Yeah. I, I
3: I mean, I was I was going to ask Andrew when you moved to Springfield because there sure is a lot of Homer in here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh man, Jim, it, it's always a blast having you on, bud. We oh. we need to continue doing this every year for the A.L. East. We'll oh, sure. definitely bring Be- you back. Before we get
3: too years. sorry, before we get too far, Matt, if you're still listening in, uh, feel free to give us your prediction as well for the Orioles and how they end up.
0: <laughs> I really though I I would love nothing more than to see my. Uh, see that prediction come true i would love to see a braves orioles world series because that's probably the only way i'm going to have a snowball shot at hell it's seeing a world series game in person uh-huh. because uh getting me down to atlanta and being able to afford a ticket is not going to be in the budget anytime in the next 15 years i would bet because of the cost of world series tickets plus the cost of a plane and a hotel so
3: mm-hmm.
0: if, if the only way it could possibly happen is if it's in baltimore <laughs> So I am all in on It
3: goes down and back in one day.
0: We've done that. Uh, (laughs) Fun side topic. The uh, first year we were dating, that was a birthday present from my now lovely wife. Uh, We did that. We went overnight, stopped in Richmond uh, to stay with her friend Meredith. Got up at like three thirty four o'clock in the morning to get down to Turner Field, because it was Turner Field back then, <laughs> for a Braves-Phillies game. It was a great game between the likes of Doc Halliday and Tim Hudson. Wow! Phenomenal pitching. Dan, oh, Uggla, yeah. Dan Ugla won the game in the eighth oh, inning because Charlie Manuel left Doc Holliday in for one inning too long, as he was known to do. And we got to see primetime Craig Kimbrell come out where you could actually hear the catcher's mitt starting to break catching that damn fastball. It, it, and then we drove back to Virginia the same day, and back to Pennsylvania the next day. So I have done that.
1: <laughs> that's a heck of a that's a heck of a road trip.
0: Oh, dude, we were exhausted. That that's so much because Atlanta. There is no easy interset, no easy interstate from Pennsylvania to Atlanta. That was one of the longest sets of driving we have ever done, and it was absolutely worth it. Matt's prediction the division will likely be as good this year so I think a slight regression is fair to expect better team a couple less wins he's going to go 99 dubs and honestly <laughs> the fact Solid. that 99 is a slight decrease <laughs> yeah. it's a good thing and it, it, it's a good thing going in Baltimore and I am loving yeah, every sure. second of it
3: yeah so, if, you, if you can regress to not regress to 99 wins you're still doing something right.
1: you've done something really right yeah
3: so it's yeah it's this is going to be a great
0: race to watch. This year in the AL East, I, I honestly, as excited as I am to watch the NL East race, the AL East race is going to be equally as exciting to watch. I think, especially as young as the Orioles are, it's such a great franchise now, and you know, getting the Cal Ripken led ownership involved, it, Jim, awesome. things are looking so good. I'm awesome. so happy for you. Finally, long overdue. All right, so now that we're wrapping close to the AL, Jason has made a couple dark horse predictions tonight. Um, Ron, do you have? Oh, any I made. Of... I made one. You actually made two. You made. You made it back to back. Remember? He you made it, the um... one out. Oh, you, oh! You removed the one. Okay, I'm sorry. I missed what? that. Because you originally said first dark horse was, I believe, the Yankees, and then you had the dark horse for the Rays. Uh, hold on. I'm looking. What?
3: No, he did not. I he said my it? dark horse was the Yankees. Yeah. I yeah,
0: have that marked. Didn't you say that for the Rays too? That, that
3: was the only thing I I, I said I was considering the Red Sox, but decided on the Yankees.
0: Okay. All right. Okay. I misheard you. My bad. I was like, what? Right. <laughs> so so Jason, Jason's made his dark horse prediction. Ron, let's open it with you. What, uh, what, what's your, do you have an AL dark horse Pick and you can pick from any of the three divisions, and you you don't have to go in AL East. That's
3: you know I'm anywhere. I'm... In AL. Oh, I thought we were picking dark horse for each division. No.
0: Oh, dude, we're already at an That's hour fifty six. You want to do that too?
2: No. <laughs>
0: no. All right, Ron, Ron. what's your dark horse? I'll I'll add I, it to the other sheets later.
2: I'll say Seattle.
0: Okay. Seattle to win. Yeah. Okay. All right, dark horse. Ron says Seattle to win. Joe,
4: win their division or win the the AL? Win the AL?
2: Oh, is that is that what we're going off? I I don't. See, know. That's what I was
3: saying. That's what I was saying. It was supposed to be the dark horse to win each division.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah. I was about to say, this was, this was all your idea. So Jason, uh, what are the rules? So- Actually, I would like
3: to make a shout out here to uh, our buddy, uh, Tom uh, from, from work, Jim, uh, he uh, put in our uh, sports chat that he, he thought that we should do dark horse winners for each division. Okay. So to, like, like I'll, I'll go, I'll go first to give you mine, just to kind of give you some thinking. Okay. Um, so, so you have my American league East be the Yankees. Um, uh, my AL Central dark horse. I had the Tigers dropping down. I'm gonna make. I'm gonna see, say that they potentially come back up and win the AL Central, mm-hmm. and then and then in the AL West, uh, I'm gonna go. I think I have the Astros winning uh, after our AL West preview, um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the Mariners as the dark horse to win the uh, AL West. Okay. All right, so,
0: Ron, go ahead. Uh, ALE Star Course.
2: Um, I'll go to the Rays.
0: Okay. Central? I think they
2: could pull it out. Uh, Central, I'd probably oh, – I think I have the Twins already winning it. Honestly, I don't I don't really see anybody else Okay. coming up.
0: None in the Central, and then you said Seattle for the West. Yeah. Okay. Joe, what do you got?
4: Um, let's go Yankees in the East. Um. Let's go, Royals in the Central.
0: Ooh, trying to keep the Will nice. Smith Crane alive. I love it. What do you got for the West?
4: You know what? What the hell, Angels? Rendon actually plays half a season.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Mike
0: Trout, Joe, Mike Trout, Trout plays one sixty-two. Joe, if you want to make Trout and Rendon's game prediction, your dark horse pick in the West, I will absolutely allow it if you
4: want to go that far.
3: Mike Trout plays 125.
4: <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mike man. Trout plays 96 games. <laughs>
3: Six That'll games. be an improvement.
4: And Rendon plays 60.
0: <laughs> Which is sadly also an improvement.
4: <laughs> oh, Jesus
0: jim do you want to make any dark horse picks
1: yeah you know if, if it's going to be a team in the east i think it's going to be the yankees like i have them in third miss in the playoffs but they obviously have the roster to do it it's mm-hmm. just a matter of can certain guys stay healthy and, and, and can they come together as a team um in the central good god what a dumpster fire Kids uh i don't good. think cleveland was mentioned so what the hell why not the guardians right um and in the uh in, in the west like I think, I think Texas is going to be the team to beat in that division. So if I'm going to go dark horse, blech, I'm going to say the Astros. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the absolutely appropriate response to that as well. Um, and then for me, the East, I'm going to go the Rays. In the Central, I'm going to go the Tigers because um, I, I really do think the Tigers are actually getting kind of close. Um, I don't think it's going to be this year, but I think because the division's so bad, I, I do think in the next couple of years, the Tigers will take it over. In the West, oh man, I'm not quite ready to go Angels. I'm not quite there yet, Joe. I love the pick, but I'm not quite ready to go there yet. Um, I'm going to go... Everybody said the Mariner... I, Screw it. I'm going to go Angels because everybody else is taking the Mariners. I'm going to hop on the Joe train, go Angels. I'm not going to make any crazy number of game predictions for Trout and Rendon because, uh, as Anthony Rendon pointed out, baseball is not a priority for him at all. Um, it's just a game, which I, I don't necessarily disagree with him on that. But at the same time, um, for what the Angels are paying you, it should be slightly higher than slightly higher of a priority than just a game considering you've played what maybe 25% of the contracted games they have signed you for so far, maybe 33%. It hasn't been much. Let's be real. And let's be real with an absentee rate of what he's got with the angels. He would have been fired from every other job in America
3: by now, <laughs> right. except
0: for Congress because the, they well, never yeah. show up anyway. <laughs>
3: yeah. They're only in session 25% of the year anyway.
0: Exactly. All right. <laughs> What a fun episode, guys! Um, uh, Jason pointed out uh, with dark horses uh, for anybody listening in. We're going to start doing them division by division. We won't wait on the NL till we get to the very end. We'll do them at the end of the episode each time. This is just kind of a late idea that um, was brought on. That I kind of like it's. It, it's fun to predict, uh, you know, because wh- what were we? What were we wishing for so much in our very first season? We were wishing for that ultimate chaos theory to happen and like that possible four-team playoff that needed to be resolved that unfortunately fell apart before the end of the season so this is our way of bringing some chaos back into it again because what the hell chaos is a little bit fun sometimes
3: it gives us another out if our first team doesn't win maybe our second guess will
1: hell i might you i might steal <laughs> this for uh for huddle up next year it's not a bad yeah, idea man.
0: just make sure you remember uh jason brought the idea on so it's his Definitely. fault <laughs> all right guys so um Audio recordings are available. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, pretty much anywhere you can find podcasts. We're up by now. Um, live, we're on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Merchandises at RedBubble.com. Um, follow us on Facebook. That's where we put out most of our content from, but also our Twitter page as well at DDAB underscore podcast. Uh, Jim, shout out to your stuff, bud.
1: Uh yeah, you can get me at Big Jim Sports. I have a link tree um on, on my Twitter where it has all of the uh all of my podcast projects. Um, but uh you can follow along with the Huddle Up Podcast. We are in our kind of off-season mode, uh, since we are uh out of the football season. But uh we'll start recording some of our off season content. We usually put out an episode um every couple of weeks uh over there. Plus uh I we have some individual projects that uh, the team works on in the off season. So uh, give a subscribe over there. Um, I have my like own personal thing. that's not sports or wrestling. It's the discussions with the nobody. I dropped one of those um, late last week. So uh, check that out. Give that a follow and a subscribe. That's probably the one where I'm like, if you know people who don't like sports and you don't like wrestling, follow this one. Um, and then and uh, then three count Thursday, three CT, um, that's uh, three count Thursday across the board. Um, we are approaching our 10 year anniversary of that show, uh, at the beginning of April, which is, uh, super cool. Um, it, the actual it, anniversary date of, uh, of our first episode is three days before, um, the night one of WrestleMania in Philly, which the majority of us will be. That's at awesome. Together. So, uh, it really is kind of a wild, uh, wild thing that it all came together that way. But, uh, yeah, we're um we, we keep plugging away over there. So give us a follow if you uh, enjoy talking wrestling. So, um yeah, always fun joining you guys. I'm I'm sure I'll hop back on at some point uh, during the season and uh, and talk some baseball with you guys as well.
0: Yeah, we'd love to have you back. And I will say this: I as far as wrestling goes, I'm pretty much stick with the collegiate game and the uh, Olympic wrestling, but uh e- even if that's all you watch and you don't get into uh, you know anything of the quote-unquote professional wrestling circuit three count is just a great listen. it is one of the most irreverent podcasts you will ever listen to and it well, is a blast from start to finish
1: Well, and it's, so our live show on thursdays is is pretty much all wrestling but uh it was probably about this time two years ago where we were like we were kind of tired of like the two hour live show every week model and we went well what if we do like an hour live where we talk about like current wrestling and then on we'll, we'll do drop an hour we'll record and drop then an hour uh long ish podcast on tuesdays where we talk about just kind of like evergreen wrestling topics and we started doing that and it is literally just morphed into what whatever the hell we just talk about that week so like that that's the beauty of you subscribe so we actually we took a week off last week which doesn't happen very often but like the the tuesday episode i'm about to cut um for tomorrow is a uh is like a best of uh where we did um a like mom and dad rock music draft uh a name the music loop where i took like between like three and seven second clips of music and i looped like those three to seven seconds over and over uh we have like a name that eight bit version of a song so like a nintendo so like our, our tuesday shows become we rarely talk about wrestling on tuesday so like i almost am it like encourage people subscribe to us and only listen on Tuesday. Like that's cool too. Like we will take all the subscribe. We are subscribe slots. Like you can you can subscribe and just listen to us. No, you don't even need to listen to us. Just subscribe and we will be happy with that. But I think there's there's something on the feed for uh for everybody. Awesome. I, I did I did like joining your
3: you guys for the uh, sports movie draft that that was definitely a lot of fun yeah yeah so oh, we have, yeah we if you do lot lot that fun again fun. i
0: i will make sure i can be available this time because yeah uh, we have, we have I a, o- to o- that o- afterwards. a, a variety
1: of draft things so yeah we'll we'll uh we'll share the look
0: awesome and uh yeah if you ever want to actually talk collegiate wrestling Count me in. I'll be happy to uh, yeah, we'll rep do. Penn State, the most dominant wrestling team since God knows when.
3: Yeah, <laughs> the, the Notre Dame guy wants to talk Penn State sports. For
1: sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, you know, Th- I'll think about it.
0: Think about it like this, though Like Pe- Penn State's wrestling is more dominant than Alabama football has been since Sabin was yeah,
1: hired. That's true, and that's scary.
0: Yeah alright guys So the rest of us on Twitter I'm at PyroLord314 Jason's at Jay Ricker 300 Joe's at Joe 35 Ron's at Dibner Ron. Um, guys, uh, we're presented by dark arrow podcast, LLC sponsored by, uh, Baron Barber shop over in Mannheim. Johnny, hope you uh, get a chance to listen in later. Uh, sorry if you didn't like our Yankees takes, but tough man guys, but your dogs always cost a dollar, man, your beer, always be cold. Have a good night. We will see you next week as we start the NL West and, uh, there will be lots of Dodgers bashing going on. I promise. <laughs>